All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Man Cave Monday, episode seven. I'm here with most of my guys, and maybe all of my guys. We'll see. We're waiting to see if Dre's <laughs> able to join us, but the rest of us are here and ready to go. I got Tez with me. I got Ness with me. Uh, I got Days with me. I got Dex with me. Say what's up, fellas. What's going on? What's I, I want to know how they put their shit in portrait mode, but that's another conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know nothing about that one, but I, I was like, is there something wrong with my vision? It's all blurry in back of you guys. Oh, that's just... that's you know that's Tez with the fly equipment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. Tez with the fly equipment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now you see me. Now you, know you don't. All right, so we're gonna start off with an interesting topic today. Everyone's already been briefed. I'm gonna queue up the video share my screen and hopefully include it with our audience, even though we've all already seen it. So bear with okay. me here. And he comes up. Can you tell who that is just by talking to him now that you're walking in the living rooms and you're seeing more and more well, and more? We have different you... attributes, smart, tough, fast, discipline with character. Yep. We're looking at now, now quarterbacks are different. Yeah, we want Mother, father, you know, dual parent. Mm -hmm. We want that kid to be three, five and up because he's got to be smart. Mm -hmm. um, not bad decisions off the field uh, at all mm -hmm. because he has to be a leader of men. It's so many different attributes and what we look for when we see a quarterback. And you would love a coach's son somewhere that the coach has coached him. And I'm not going down my road. I see you smiling. Right, I, know what I, know, I know who, I know about, who your quarterback is he's right talking now. About my son. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't just build a template for my son, but that's what really we look for in quarterbacks. Different positions are different. Like, like, like O-Lyman, I look for dual parent homes, right. a strong father that they adhered uh, to. Right. Um, smart kid, three, at least three, three. And above. You're also describing Hurts. Yeah, it's tough. Well. I mean, uh, physical. I mean, offensive line. My defensive line is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Trying to get it. Uh, he's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama. Like, mama barely made the flight. Trying to get out the mud. And I want him to just go get it. I, I, it's a whole different yeah. attributes that you look for in different positions. And we have that stuff just chronicle. We know what we want and we go get it. Deion Sanders here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right. Just close that. All right. So there you have it. Those are Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Coach Primetime uh, requirements for different positions now, i don't need specs for this so uh i thought it was really interesting it was discussed on another podcast and somebody asked me did i know about it didn't know about this at all uh i think it's really interesting uh as a person who studied football played football studied dion as a kid and you know used to play flag football played plenty of football games with tez and ness uh, you know, love the game of football, watch the game of football. Um, I saw this and had some strong feelings, and I thought that this was a good topic to bring to Man Cave. Why? Why did I think it was a good topic to bring to Man Cave? Well, uh, one, he's in a room full of white dudes. It's only one other black dude there. I understand that they're all former football players. You can see the helmets of the teams that they're a part of or were a part of in front of each of them. And uh, 
that stood out to me. I said, okay, three white dudes in the room out of the four people who run the show. Very interesting. Number two, uh, I thought it was very interesting that not only did he want different things from the household of each player, but he wanted different grade point averages. He's saying three, five, that's 3.5. He's saying three, three, that's 3.3 out of a 4.0 GPA. That stood out to me as well. I thought that was also interesting. But I'll be very honest, what was most interesting to me was when he began to speak about the defensive lineman and speak mm -hmm. about how he wants someone who's struggling and hungry, how he wants someone who, as you just heard, has a single parent and it should be a single mother, how you guys are so broke, mom can barely make the games and the flights, and this is someone who's just basically a beast who's going to chase after it. And so I thought, wow, look at this man, this icon, this legend, who many of us have grown up studying, admiring, loving, saying that he wants someone from these conditions. And in fact, it's a requirement that he said his entire team has, uh, you know, ready to go, categorized and, you know, everything is there ready to follow the blueprint of how they recruit the members of their college, teams because that's also very important this is not the nfl we're talking about we're talking about college football teams and so i said man if i have a strong reaction maybe some of the other fellas do too and i thought that this was a good topic to bring to a room full of fellas and so fellas i'd love to hear your thoughts and i'll definitely share mine as well <clears throat> well the first thing that comes to mind is how many other individuals adopt that same mindset? Uh-huh. I.e. NFL, mm -hmm. i.e. owners, the um the the culture of it within itself, because that sounds like exploitation to me. That's no different than exploitation. I actually watched it twice because, you know, although we joked about his his confidence and you know borderline arrogance. He's, he expressed those things oh so confident. Yes. Jay, would you, would you would say? Yes. He, he expressed them very confidently. Well, he's basically saying their requirements to be part of the team. Yeah, but some people would, you know, you know, we have different levels of mindset. So some people would, would absorb that humorously, mm -hmm. you know, because he was being quite humorous at, you know, while he was delivering it too, but he was yet confident about what he was yeah. saying. Like, like what you said, like, this is, this is serious, but it's exploitation. Mm -hmm. You know, those things ain't no different than exploitation. You know, he's he's uh, somewhat exploiting those children to a certain degree. He's exploiting um, their, their upbringing, you know, their, their struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, but also, like I said, man, the world is watching. I also think about how many other individuals think like that that don't look like him. Mm -hmm. And if they said that, it would be outrage. Mm -hmm. People would be in uproar. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. How could he say such a thing? Cancel him, right, ladies and gentlemen. But see, it's different when he says it because when he says it, it don't come across as, as racial. It's discriminatory. Right. You understand what I'm saying? It's about who's delivering what message at what point in time that is being delivered, right? Ain't that what politics is about, gentlemen? Absolutely. Right? Um, I will. I would love to touch more on this, but I, I'm, I'm curious to see what you brothers think as well. But that's the first thing that came to mind was who else is adopting this, you know? and um exploitation well before everybody else goes let me just ask and i'll ask you know everybody can answer do you think that this is how it should go do you think your upbringing should dictate whether you're uh 
good enough whether you're no. eligible right? to everybody play say a position no. in college football. Oh, come on. Yeah. I mean, we know the answer to that already. Okay. We know that. This is... <laughs> no. For me, I, I heard this. I heard about this already, but I didn't see it. This is funny because it, you know, it seems like we went from the days of remember when we all played football as children, well, at least me when I was small. You almost thought like only white people played quarterback, only white people were offensive linemen. Black was running back, defend defensive right. backs was black, right, and, and wide receiver, right. Like that's gone now, and him and this is establishing a whole new stereotype now. You know what I mean? You know, you can't be a single mama child and and be a leader, which is not true. What if you yes you take care of a, a bunch of brothers and sisters? We don't know. You're leading there. You know what I'm saying? You got you know, uh, you know. I try to think about what how how in any way positive mm-hmm. yep. can he spin saying. Hunger, struggle. There's no way to really split it, except for saying that the kid's tougher. He's 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 been exposed to more. He's tougher, so he he'll be a tougher defender. But I mean, there's no way to split it. There's no way to to belittle a single parent child. Um, for it's, yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. It was like a bad. It was like a bad well, uh, comedy uh, material. And that's what he did. It was like he was, it was like a bad stand-up where we kind of go, huh, yeah, you got a lot of stereotypes there. You know, like it was like that <laughs> yeah. bad. It really was yeah. that bad. And uh, like they said, how many coaches really think that way? You know, I mean, it opens up a lot of other questions too. I mean, yes, the yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, seriously, and you know, it, it opens up this. That don't too, look you know, like him. Well, also the discussion now it gets cringeworthy to a two-parent home. A two-parent home. We're not even talking mother father. Just two-parent home, and the importance mm-hmm. of like, talk about it. A, um, single uh, parent home, but I mean that's a, but the way he's approaching it is horrible. You know, it's really horrible. You know, um, to question somebody's uh, intelligence because you know I want them struggling. Those defensive linemen struggling. They just try to get mama. Mama can't make really bad, 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 uh, bad form, bad form on his part. The ability. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. What's a bad narrative? It's a bad narrative. It's a bad narrative. And not only not only does it question the intelligence, he's questioning the character and the listening skills. Because think about what he said when he said quarterback, right? And then when he switched to offensive lineman, he says somebody who had a strong father, and that they're they're going to be able to take good instructions. They're going to adhere to that father figure. Oh, so people from a single mother household, they don't listen to men. They only listen to women. Because that has nothing to do with their level of intellect. You're talking about their character at this point. And some of the people here are from single mama households. So I said, oh, this is going to be a, it's going to be a good topic for the pod. And I'm like, I'm over here with the two. <laughs> I already saw it. When he was like two pair, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. This is, because it's like, oh, man, I, I got to tell the story. It's funny. I had a thought earlier, right? And it's crazy because I, I thought about, like, the strong advice that my father gives, right? And it's funny. And that same thought, I thank my mom for being just as strong and as positive as he is. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not give him his credit without acknowledging her i couldn't acknowledge her without acknowledging him 
You understand what I'm saying yep. in that sense? And that's probably where he's going with it. He's he's saying like, okay, this child might be able to absorb both perspectives, but that's subjective. You understand what I'm saying? Like a lot of things he was saying, he was saying it like it was absolute. At least it was absolute to him. Yes, and his that's staff. It was, and his staff. It was absolute to them. You know, and this is why I said it's a it's a tricky narrative because, you know, I, I just got to say this real quick before y'all go into this. What we say is black folks. I don't even want to say black folks, right? Because that's a title that was man-made and given. As melanated individuals, what we say publicly with conviction in front of the world, it's very detrimental. It can be. Depending on, it, it can be very, depending on what you're saying. What you, how you saying it, who you saying it to, you seen the room he was in. That's why I mentioned that. You understand what I'm saying? I remember I saw something where this young lady, it was, I don't, I don't remember where when the message came from, but I remember the example, right? So this young lady had wrote a book, she had pitched it and the lady was saying like, ah, we can't really push it. We can't, ah, and she was trying to say it, but she couldn't say it. So the young lady, she's colored. She goes, uh, what is it? Is it too black? She goes, yeah, that's it right there. She said, well, why didn't you just say that? She said, because if I say it, right. it's racist, it's discriminatory. But if you say it, mm -hmm. then it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not offensive at all. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying that to say him being the messenger, speaking upon who he's, you know, mentoring or who he's scouting, you know, what they may look like and, you know, where they come from. Because you put two and two together, that sounds like poverty communities. Absolutely. You know, the, really the, term, the term free lunch, one group. it paints the clearest picture out of everything easily. he said. You know I mean? Because struggle is a vague term. Right? right. I mean, listen, Specifically. Yeah. Because to say struggle, you coming from struggle, that could be anybody, anywhere. But to say they're on Correct. free lunch, that's a very specific demographic. Because... What what's the, the definition of struggle is to 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 what to 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 struggle what right to that's what I'm to, saying to it's vague to say to say you come from right. struggle just means you don't have you know you don't have the silver spoon upbringing but that's still a very wide umbrella if until you get to the point when he says they're on free lunch yeah if you're struggling you're having a hard time with something I could be struggling carrying these bags upstairs so that's a wide umbrella but once you say yeah. free lunch. Once you say single mother, once you say trying to get mama out the, once you start coming up with these, you know. The, the, uh, it starts shrinking. The picture starts getting very, very, very <laughs> yeah. specific. Let's let the other fellas chime in for a moment because we're, we're hogging the limelight. I've been quiet because I, I this is my world, right? Um, so to say that Deion Sanders is unique in his approach he's not he is not there's no way that this is a new idea this is a very old idea if you look at the nfl back in the days let's say before the redskins won the the super bowl you have to have a white quarterback right and let's be stereo let's play the stereotypical card the white quarterback typically had both parents right if you look at the offensive linemen again mostly white if you look at defensive linemen mostly melanated brothers right same for wide receivers, same for running back and other positions, right? This is an idea that's been passing on from generation to generation. This is Deion Sanders being a victim of his environment to not change the narrative. 
the disappointing part is not what he said. It's the fact that he's still going with the narrative of what he was he was he was brought up to do. And for this whole thing, if it's a culture shock that the NFL football, well, let's say a, um, professional, any any level of football that, that involves you to get getting to the getting to the bag, everything is run in an old antiquated style. If you look at the combine itself, it's the same exact thing. When back in the days on the farm, they used to measure a slave's strength, agility, and and, and ability. That's what that's what the, that's what the that's what football has dropped down to, and has been about, and has never changed. Because let's bring in the goat. Tom Brady had a shit forty time, right? Tom Brady had a shit showing, right? Tom Brady had the shit drafted in the sixth right. round, right? Almost to be Mister Irrelevant, right? Mr. Relevant, for those who don't know, is the last pick of the NFL. Shout out to Brock Purdy for making it to the playoffs as Mr. Relevant. But this is the mentality that's been going on since the dawn of the NFL. Where Richie Cunningham wasn't supposed to be successful. Donovan McNabb wasn't supposed to be successful. And I'm I'm so sorry that I forgot the name of the the first black quarterback to win the NFL. Uh, To win Doug Williams to win the Super Bowl. He was not right. supposed to win. If you yeah. want to look at the Vegas odds against in that yeah. Super Bowl, facing Elway, they were facing Elway. Annihil- they were like it was abysmal how underdog they were because of Doug. Yeah, against Elway, who's like the who's the golden goose yeah. in the NFL. Elway, the guy who turned down the Yankees to yep. play football. Right. What did Doug Williams do? Yep. Shut them up. That's right. He won. He beat. He beat John Elway, the prodigal, right. the, the prodigal son, who's supposed, who's an instant Hall of Famer the yeah. second he touched grass. Right, this is the mentality that we constantly have. Am I giving an excuse to Dion for now? No, because as a person who's a leader, and we'll get to that in a second, a person who's supposed to be a leader, a person who has three. what three, four sub- Super Bowl yeah. rings in, in, his, in his in his in his yeah. in his archive, yeah. a man who inspired. A man who, uh, yeah, yeah, because he yeah, won two with the Cowboys. One with the Niners. A man, yeah, a man, for, a man who inspired Ray Lewis to be a better man. Right, this is a guy, and this is a narrative. You went to the to the JUCO to inspire these same type of wide receivers that you were looking for these these meal ticket people, right? To become better also, players also and become a successful a program. With Christian values. And too. now you're going you know in I mean? the opposite direction. And this is right? unacceptable. You know what I'm saying? It's unacceptable. Talk about it. You yep. know? So. It is. It is. Wow. It is. It's. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not comparing apples to wow. oranges, but this is the Kanye s- s- syndrome all over again. In what, in what way? It, it, in what way? Wow. You become so holier than thou, you forget to see what the problem is, and you become the problem. Mm. I like that. Mm. Bars, bars, bars. Okay. It's, instead of motivating a man, a, a leader is a man who vote, who motivates the men around him or the people around him. Let's right. say men. That's what a leader is. I'm gonna tell you something real quick. I get the mentality behind it. I get the oh, you want that person struggling to be in aggressive positions because you want to dog at them, right? But I'm gonna tell you something, Jay. When we played you football, who was quarterback? Did I have both parents? 
No. And and guess what I don't do? Quarterback. What? And guess what I have? Yeah. Two parents. What? Yeah, both parents. Yeah. You 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 had the you 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 came up with the nuclear household, you know? The 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 the, the four and the and, 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 and the pet. And the pet. I was commentating. I didn't have that. I, was <laughs> I had two parents. <laughs> I, I but to get back into it, I get I will put in quotations the logistics of it, how logical it seems. The personality types, but I'm gonna tell you this, this has been happening forever forever there are coaches out there that will not recruit a black quarterback not. nope mm. he runs too much they will tell you you run too much i can tell you this and i love andy reed i love andy reed he learned his lesson right with mcnab he told mcnab stop running mm-hmm. throw the ball and mcnab did that they won games but not as many <laughs> why because you became a one-dimensional quarterback mm. but let's look at the super Two bowl this year quarterbacks Two black quarterbacks. A damn good game, None too. of them traditional yeah, in the aspects good. because Mahomes can dance out the I, pocket I and Jalen Hurts as, as a neutral. That was a damn year. good game. I'm not that saying good. I, I'm not saying that as a as a biased <laughs> fan. <you know? laughs> oh, no, oh no, man! Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I'm quiet because I lost money. Ah, but. My thing is, as a person who has that much influence to not only my generation, but to the generations above, because if you play Madden, he's a rare card to get. He's a rare card to get for your Mutt team, right? You can get a cheap Dion, but you want that good prime time, that one that plays both Talk ways in special it. teams, the one that I remember, Mr. I'm That's always right. on the field. This guy inspires people. Now you're leading with this narrative? Nah, man. Right. mm I, primetime was my mm-hmm. first jersey. Yeah, me too. I won't lie. And after watching I that, too. I was like, I was too. Mm-hmm. during the, the eight Yes, I was a Cowboys Smith fan. For it's all right. Nobody's so perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah but, but primetime was my Jordan. That, that was my. Deion Sanders yeah. was my guy. Mr. 4 2 ran. He ran the 4 2, runs to his right. car. But that's him going. And that's the Deion that I was expecting. Mr. Anti Authority. I'm just going to run a 4 2 and I'm out. They're going to draft right. me high, anyways. Because I know my value, right? And you got these players who are who are literally killing themselves in a combine in hopes of to getting of getting their you know a high draft because it does mean better money, it does mean a better opportunity, it does mean a higher chance of success. But if you if you know if you're going to think that this is new or this is like and a, he's you know, assimilated perfectly, oh, this is off thinking. No, it's think. common. It's common he's sense just, in the football on. space. Well, Yes. Yep. But if you look at but if you look at it too, look at the teams he played for, right? He also played for Jerry Jones, who has the right. same mentality. If you want if you want to get into semantics as well, how long did it take? And I'm I, listen, I can say this as a as a non Cowboys fan. How long did Dak Prescott go to get mm. that contract? I can tell you the only reason he got that contract was because Tony Roman retired. Of course. Because that year when Tony Romo was starting and Dak Prescott went in, Dak was having the better year. And guess what? They wanted to yeah. put Tony back in. I remember that. My man. Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. Right? And when we all play, if we're all playing a football game, if one of us have a bad day, yo, listen, 
You ain't got the dog in you right now. We got to play this game. I'm sorry. You play to win the game. You put the best men on that you have on that field. That's going to take that game and take control of that. People have off days. People aren't up to snuff. People didn't do their homework. But you can see how in the mentality that's indoctrined within the NFL. And yes, it's about time that we're starting to see different approaches. We're starting to see different quarterbacks. And it's not just the quarterback. The quarterback is the easiest one to pick on because we can see that it's 75% one shade, you know? Um, but, you know, it's it's a shame that these people, it's a shame that, that brothers got to take forever to get a contract. Or the biggest slap in the face with McNabb, how do you go to the Super Bowl and the Eagles, I understand why the Eagles let him go, they had to move on, but the Redskins signed this man to a contract. A crap load of money. Zero guaranteed. Explain that. Because you know why? We can cut you at any time. And they did. He went yep. to the Vikings after that. Absolutely. All right. Let's let uh let's let Nestor chime in and then I'll 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 give my uh my thoughts on it. I don't I don't have much to expand on this. Um I mean it's uh it's crazy old head boomer mentality. That's all it is. It's uh it's just he has an idea set in his head, and he may think he's doing something different, but it, it does feed into the same thing, especially when he speaks on it, because he's just putting those ideas into people's head. And I'm pretty sure jumping in the comments of that video, you're going to see people that are like, yep, yep, the two parents, and yep, and that's that, that proves it's, you know, it's it's white dudes that's quarterbacking, because they're the ones with two parents, and, and this and that, and and that's that's probably the conversation going on in the comments of... of of that video so um it just it just feeds into all that and it doesn't make sense and it has nothing to do with really them on the field like the person at home that you're interviewing and and going to see in front of their parents isn't the same person in the locker room isn't the same person on the field um and it it gives you an idea of the kind of person that they are but um it doesn't really tell you what kind of player they are doesn't tell you what they're going to do when they get on the field at all. Right. Um, real quick. Uh, I know you're going to go. Um, Wait, what, Nestor, is... were you done though? Yeah. 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 Okay. Go ahead, Janelle. Uh, sorry. Go ahead, Tess. So my thing is if and when, or let's say if or when, I'm not going to, I don't want to put hope in, into this stock. But if or when it works, what do we say then? If and what what works? <clears throat> the mentality. Let's say he, let's say his Colorado team that has no success, or has little to no success prior to him coming there, now becomes a prominent team. In the I, I, I would say, you know, what I would say he still picked the best. Then what do we say? All American player. That's like, what I say. I mean, I don't think. I I think he's really thinking that way, but he's still picking a top player. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't see nobody that loves football not wanting to play hard for Deion Sanders or wanting to play for him. Period. Like, you feel me? If Jay signed me tomorrow, like, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I mean, yes, you feel me? Whatever. I mean, who yes gives a no. damn with circumstance I'm in? Like, I, he gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I, for some, I, it's an opportunity I can of a lifetime. I can counteract that with, with with two players. 
Ryan Leaf, number one draft pick, went to the went to the went to the the Chargers. Instant bus. Played sixteen games in four years in the NFL. Became a bust. He went ahead of Peyton Manning, right? Demarcus Russell, picked number one by the Raiders. He had the privilege. I mean, I mean, he had the privilege to have the skill set to get there. Nothing in the NFL. He's he's honestly a joke in the NFL about moving up to draft. So I understand that people want, and they will t- most people will take advantage. If you say, yo, Jay, if Jay says, Joe says, I need you on the team. Of course, I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to give him my best. But you got, uh, a lot of these people, and, and the, the thing is we have to look into the mentality of certain people as well. If I know I got that talent, I got that egoness, I got that cockiness, I ain't got to practice, practice. I ain't going to practice. I don't have to do it. I'm better than you. But come football time, I didn't read the script. I didn't read the, you know, I didn't read the, the, the defensive schemes or nothing. I go again and I throw four picks. And then the guy who's doesn't run faster than me, doesn't throw harder than me, doesn't, you know, who quote unquote doesn't want it more than me, uh, wins the game yeah, or, sorry, or keep, right. puts the game back into contention. No, there's no, lots I'm, of there's I'm lots of little factors in I that. Mean, you know, so just it, thinking I, back on the whole thing, there's just so many stereotypes. So what you no, say? No, you can go. I'm sorry. You you get a two parent uh, player. And you could control them more, but them wild boys, single mama boys, you know, just put them on defense, let them run wild. You know what I mean? It just the whole thing just is ugly. Every time you think of everything he's saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. But look at Johnny Menzel, right? Both parents, yeah, kid came from so, money, came from money, and he's out here fucking treating the game like it's a piece of shit. But let's not get. Let's not, get, t- let's not get stuck on, on those examples he gave and let's focus more on the mindset. You know, I, but but this is the example. He wanted he wanted a he want, he says he wants a quarterback with both parents, right? No, I understand that. Who come who comes up from a humble, you know, from you didn't even say a humble upbringing, just an upbringing that was solid and stern, right? So Johnny Manziel had that from his father. Johnny Manziel has it from his mom. They have money, he never had a struggle. He he was supposedly a leader with the Augies. And what happened? The guy became a joke in the NFL. He did. He was barely successful in, in the Canadian Football League. The XFL made a rule for him not to play. But that's why I'm more focused on the mindset. You understand what I'm saying? The mindset that, that Dion but, is, is actually expressing in this interview, you know, so confidently. He yeah. sees nothing wrong with what he's saying. He sees nothing wrong with his actions. He's like, like Jay said, he said, yo, this is, this is the criteria. He actually remember he said it, and, and this is the criteria. And that's specific, And I'm agreeing with that. I'm just saying that Johnny Manziel will fit that criteria. Look at what he became. Well, well I'm, I'm, you know, so go ahead. no, go days go. No, because I'm saying like I'm not even arguing with his points. I'm just saying like, you know, sometimes we could we could get so fixated on the examples that's that's given. You know, you don't want to get away from the fact that like he's actually moving with this mindset. Like we could focus on. He said the quarterback said he want you know he want two parents for the quarterback or he want one for the defensive lineman. We could we could focus on those specific examples he gave, but what about the mindset as a whole? You understand what I'm saying? Um, and it's very yeah. predatory, very very predatory. You understand what I'm saying? I, I I must say, and with such influence, such strong influence that he got, you get what I'm saying? Like that's what makes it so dangerous that he's the one delivering the message. But like like. Like they explain, there's other individuals that has had this as they regimen for years. 
You understand what I'm saying? But the fact that he's here now with this new opportunity, expressing it so openly, I think is is what's you know what's problematic and concerning. Right, yeah, and so very, that's yeah, and that's very, that's my thing, right? My thing is there's a lot of layers to this situation, right? So mm-hmm. you got you got Dion prime time. This is a guy that, like Tez said. For a lot of people, this was their Michael Jordan. This was the person they grew up idolizing, studying, including myself. I, 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 anybody who knows me from when I was a wee lad, I wasn't naturally good at football. I was not some all-star who just came out and was great. It, it, I sucked at football. I just wanted the opportunity to play. But I knew, even as a young kid, seven, eight, nine years old, 10 years old, hey, I suck. It's, I got to find a way to get better. Well, how did I get better? I had an awesome dad and mom who sat me down and said, hey, we understand you like it and you're not liking the results when you're playing the game. Here's how you can get better. And we went to school. My dad sat me down and we would watch ESPN for hours. I would sit there and take notes. He would record it on videotape. We would go back and watch it. Okay, this is what Deion Sanders is doing on defense. Oh, you see how he positions himself? Okay, cool. Oh, look what Jerry Rice does when he cuts to the post. First, he does this, then he does that. And and it was like an entire process. And so I'm saying that to say, yeah, I grew up loving Deion Sanders and loving football. That's what makes this hurt even more. To see this same legend, this same icon who I studied and admired saying, hey, it's not who's the best person in the game. It's not. It's not the person with the most skill. It's not the person who's best for the position. It's the person who fits these requirements first. Mm -hmm. So that means if I was a kid in college right now who'd been studying and busting my ass and doing my thing, and he said the person got to have a 3.3. So that means if I got a 3.8, I can't do it. I'm too smart for the position. Sorry. Got to have a 3.3. Can't do it if you got a 3.8. Okay, no problem. So now I got to drop my grades to make the team. That's weird. But all right, cool. Forget about that part. Let's move on. Oh, you got two parents in your life? Sorry, you can't you can't play for this team. But that so it don't even matter what I've done. Just because of the fact that I was lucky enough to have both parents for most of my life, I can't play for the man. Yo, that's fucked up. Now we take it a level de- a level deeper, which is that this is a systematic situation, which is what Tez was saying, right? This is not just Dion. The problem is we only know this because Dion is arrogant enough and ballsy enough to say this publicly. He's the cool black young new coach. That's what makes it even worse. That this is systematic. The cool young black coach is going up there and saying, yo, this is what has to happen to play for me and my team. This is what got to happen to play on my team. So not only is it a legend, not only is it one of our people bringing our people down, we now realize there's a deeper, darker criminal link, as Jay-Z once said. This is now a systematic thing that he's just bringing to the forefront. And so it really makes you think about a couple of things, some of which Tez kind of spoke about, right? Where this ain't new. Sadly, this been happening for eons at this point. But why is that? I want to go a level deeper into it. Why? Because this is a race-based game. 
sorry, not sorry. There's a reason the NFL combine is the way Tez said, which is why I applauded him when he said it. Yeah, we trying to see what our stock of slaves can do. That's why the NFL combine is mirrored off of that same system, right? That's why when, and now I got to get a little political because it's a little political. That's why when people were taking knees, they were getting kicked off the team. You're an NFL quarterback who's too loud and too rebellious. You got to go. Sorry. Oh, y'all want to y'all want to take a knee? You know what? There's a lot of hoopla going around. We had a we had a meeting and the NFL has decided yes, black players and anyone who wants to take a knee, you could do it. But it got to be in the locker room. Why? Because this is a system in place where race and the dollars that we make off advertising matter way more than what any young man can do, than what any young man brings to our bottom line, because let's be clear, the black people sell the most jerseys. I know I know, Tom Brady's the greatest, but he's not the number one sold jersey in the NFL if you look it up. And he's been playing a long time. A lot of those years, he was not the number one sold jersey. Guess what? Still doesn't matter. And now this goes deeper because this is college. We, I mean, we're talking a lot about the NFL, but this is college. And to get to the NFL, to get to those millions of dollars, to be able to take your mother out of the struggle that this man is talking about, you got to get to that NFL. That's how you get to the bag, as Tez said. You got to be in the NFL to get that guaranteed money, those big contracts, those sports contracts, the Nike deals and everything else. But I can't get there because there's a system in place that says, hey, you came from a certain household. You're not eligible to do this position. Sorry, not sorry. This is how it goes if you want to play ball. So it's not about how much you've studied the film. It's not about the fact that you've been busting your ass, staying fit, staying in shape, and staying the best since you were seven or eight years old. Because that's how it is for a lot of these young men. They didn't start playing in college. They've been playing since way back. They've been playing since seven and eight years old. That's not good enough, sorry. Mm -hmm. You gotta meet these bogus racist requirements that are all throughout the system if you wanna even have a chance at making it to the big leagues. Because remember, everybody that play college ball does not get a guaranteed NFL contract. Correct. So not only are we gonna say that, what happened to us? It's about 5%. So all of this for 5%. Think about how many kids are playing college ball Think about the level of scrutiny they're going to to make this team. And so I just wanted to shine a light on this situation because some of us have children. Some of us will have grandchildren one day. And those kids might want to play some good old football, the American sport. And this system is in place that says, well, some of y'all not going to be eligible, not because of your grades, not because of your skill level, but simply because of your mama and your papa. That's fucked up. And am I mad at Dion specifically? I'm disappointed. But I also am smart enough to know he's only one coach in a system of coaches, in a system that says this is how we do it. And I'm disappointed that Dion, who's known as a very rebellious person, is not being that rebellious person. Maybe it's because of agendas. As the clip said, his son is playing for this team. 
So maybe he's doing it because his son is on the team. Maybe he's trying to just be a, a, a college university coach for the rest of his life. I don't know what his agenda is, but I, I feel like, yeah, maybe that got something to do with it. Maybe, maybe that one cool young black coach is not enough to change the system completely, but it is still disappointing to me that he's not trying. And I think if you couple that with what he did at the last college he was at, Dion is pretty fucked up right now. And that's sad to see because, again, I, I too grew up loving and studying. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. He's OJ. Talk about it. No, what does I'm, that mean? I'm not black. I'm OJ. Right. I'm not Dion. I'm primetime. You know when primetime walk in. What, you want me to bring him with me? Don't make me bring him with me. I'm Dion right now, but I bring primetime with me. He'll walk right in. You'll see him as soon as he walk in. Don't make me bring primetime. They didn't act for primetime. They act for Dion. So I brought Dion. That's what he said <laughs> at the beginning of the video. We didn't, uh, we didn't exactly. put that part Verbatim. up. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so it's, it's a lot. It's layered. And I just wanted to bring it to this platform where a bunch of us average Joes could speak on what's going on. Go ahead, Tez. I see you. So to piggyback on yeah. some things you said, it is a system, it is a systematic system. Uh, stereotype of racism if you want to put it in, in that regard the whole neil thing if you look at it it hinders our you know our constitution a freedom of speech right what you know let's break it down to brass acts me kneeling should mean Correct. nothing to you right but because people take it a step beyond because everybody's extra I and you know I we can go into you know everybody knows the semantics. A soldier had told someone if you feel some type of way, take a knee. That's what That's the soldier, soldier said would be the but most now, respectful thing. That's important to yes. say. Sorry, but unfortunately, other people saw it as a sign of disrespect yeah. because it's not stack quo, right? It's not the norm. It's disrespectful. How dare you? This is what I live for. This is what we play for. Every baseball game, every football game, every basketball game. You know, the the the, the, the national anthem has to play, and everybody stands up. Or... One player made a change and said, "I can't stand for this anymore." But because somebody put a ripple in in in, in the fabric of the of society, he became shunned. He became blackballed. He became, you know. A meme at a point right and that's the mindset of the systematic oppression within sports if you look at it, it we can go to I'm, I'm gonna get into college real quick too if you look at it it's a system that set people to is set minorities and people you know people from 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 horrible upbringings to succeed in college up until now if you had no money in your bank account, if your parents were broke, you struggled because you could think about it. You have to go to the gym in the morning. You have to do your two a days. You have to do all your homework and all your exams. And on top of that, work a job so you can get some food or even better pay right. for your books. Because that because that football scholarship you're not getting, covering everything. But not everybody That's gets a full ride. Yeah. Not everybody gets a full ride. Right. 
So you can still be a star player. And guess what? Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson ain't got no full ride. Mm-mm. That's how, that's how it is. And that's the mentality that, that they encourage is, oh, you want it. You got to work. You got to pick yourself up you gotta, by the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to prove it to us that, that, that you want this, that, that, that this means something to you. But again, with these owners like Jerry Jones, and I, I pick him out because I can, he wants the most competitive people out there. Where's Odell when you need him in, this, in the playoffs? Because he had a little snafu at a strip club. I mean, on the airplane. You know, that's not showing the competitiveness. I understand there's more to that. I'm not just saying for example. But example. you know, it's 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 the it's it's the antiquated uh, mentality that unfortunately, as much as we say it's gone or that you know it's better now, it, it's still there. It's still there. And the disappointing thing is Dion, who I'm sure has been a victim. As almost eight, almost as almost all the football athletes and sports athletes from the eighties onward have been have have experienced once you know, in some regard in their in their career. Is not right. making a change. And that's my problem Same. with the situation. Same. All right. Anybody else want to chime in before we move on? Well, I'm I'm just I'm still looking at the whole um the overall aspect of it mm-hmm. you know like um you know it just it just it opens up a world of, of of thoughts to not just that environment itself but like i said the narrative and how it now equates to other things other sports you know baseball basketball right. etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. you know um and what and what those environments might reflect I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing no different. Like when you look at it, it's always the same story about, um, you know, the struggling kid who didn't have the pops and, you know, moms bust the ass, boom, boom, boom. So, you know, he definitely want to get moms up out the struggle. They was actually, I saw something where they was talking about John Wall and they had mentioned that his moms had um, spent her last on some tennis shoes for him. So mm-hmm. the lights had got, lights had got turned off and then he was saying they were saying like from that day on he was just like dedicated to like getting his mom never seeing that situation again like his mom's never happened to experience that again like it's we not we not i'm not being insensitive about the situation you know we we all struggle it's like i said you know in my in my earlier statements exploitation you know it's definitely exploitation at its at its highest you know and they always look to us, you know, my brother, he likes to say certain things. Like he said, you know, certain things with us, it just look better. You know, it sound better. We look better when we going through it. Like it just on us, it just it hit different. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, certain people probably wouldn't even be able to handle some of the struggles and some of the things that we endure. You know, um, and and for some people, it makes for great content. Sorry well, yeah, it. and that's why I mentioned you know? who's in that room because correct. Look at whose show he's on. Correct, correct. That's why correct. I mentioned it. That was a great. That was a great way to to end it. Thank you. All right, let's move on. So, a while ago on this pod, I don't need the specs anymore. A while ago on this pod, a conversation, a brief one, happened 
about being polyamorous. And I wish Dre was here because I feel like this would be an educational moment for him, but who knows, maybe he'll pop in. Uh, Dre said on a pod, and it made me think, man, we, we might have to have a deeper conversation about this. <laughs> Dre said on a pod, if you didn't watch it, that he thinks being polyamorous is a weird new term that came from women wanting to be with multiple men. And I remember his joke was, and we all laughed because it was a joke, but it also had a little bit of truth to it that, you know, he said, I remember I was doing stuff like that. They just called me a player. And now it's <laughs> it's an internet and widespread term about being polyamorous. And yeah. that shit is bullshit. And it was funny, his delivery and the way he said it. But it made me realize, oh, maybe other people don't really know what it means either then. And because it's not just having multiple dicks in your life. And so I thought, well, I know a little bit about being polyamorous and one of our co-host is polyamorous. And so let's have a conversation about what does it mean to be polyamorous? And so I passed the one mic over to our polyamorous respondent, Nestor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I'm polyamorous too. I'm yeah, single, saying? god damn it, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I think I think I want to start the conversation with uh, something days likes and as defining terms, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Naz. Thank you, Naz. <laughs> so so the first part is relationships, right? There's different types of relationships in general: familial, platonic. Uh, you have acquaintances. You have rom romantic relationships and sexual relationships. Um, I think romantic and sexual will probably be the focus of this whole conversation. But the reason that I went down that list is because with those types of relationships, you experience this different types of love as well. So like with family and with your friends, you can experience different types of love there, but there isn't like, Hey, I can only love this one person. Right. Um, like, when you're a parent, I have my son, I have two daughters, but you know what? I only love this one child right here. I don't love them all. Um, and that's kind of what polyamory is. It's, it's a really, it's a belief that you can uh, love romantically more than one person. Uh, at its core, that's what that is. Um, so from there, um, polyamory is usually used as a catch-all term for anything that falls under ethical non-monogamy or consensual non-monogamy. What the hell does any of that mean? Tell the public. Right. Right? Right. So basically, it's it's pretty much an umbrella term to to that falls for anything with multiple partners. So that can be friends with benefits if you're messing with multiple people. Um, dating or talking phase, like before you get exclusive, then that's like, you know, you're probably dating a bunch of different people. You're talking to a bunch of different people, trying to figure out who you want to spend the time with uh, the, the rest of your life with or whatever. Right. Um, and that's all stuff like within the, the, the monogamy stuff. But the reason it's ethical non-monogamy is because all parties involved are aware that you're not just talking to them or you're not just dealing with them. And that's an important part of, uh, of that. 
Uh, other things could be like open relationships, uh, swingers, or anything like that. Um, now, where polyamory is separate from all that, um, it can very easily, you know, fall into uh, open relationships and things like that. And people will like compare it to that. Usually, um, open relationships are more like you guys have a relationship together, but you can do whatever you want. Polyamory is there are rules, there are guidelines. Um, you have boundaries that you set, like, hey, you know, I'm cool with this, not cool with that, whatever it is. So polyamory as a whole is is more of uh, a lifestyle decision for your family, for, for you and your partner, um, whatever set uh, guidelines you want. Um, the most common would be triads, quads, and Vs. So basically triad, three people, a thruple, three people, they're all in a relationship together. Um, then you have quads, four people together, two couples, couple together in a relationship. And then V is like one person dating two different people. Um, and then all of those are what's defined as a polycule. So the polycule is just everybody that's in the relationship, no matter the structure that that relationship takes. Um, and then another important term, metamor. So basically, if you look at the V, um, there's the one person who has the, the two relationships. They're not in a relationship. So they're metamors of each other. Um, Let me ask basically, you a that's just uh, like uh, the uh, basic uh, structures of all that. Um, uh, honestly, it's a really other, simple thing. It doesn't go. Yeah. What's up? Okay. Sometimes. Sometimes they don't interact at all. All right. Yeah, sometimes they'll be friends, sometimes they won't interact at all. Yeah. Um, it's all dependent okay. on what everybody in the relationship feels comfortable with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's no different uh, from a monogamous relationship, um, except that there's more people in the soup. Like that that's 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 pretty much yes. it. Like you're um, gonna have the yes. same issues, you're gonna have the same things. Mm-hmm. Does uh do people rotate? Like do they do people like go out? Different people come in. Like you know they might be with some people for a certain amount of time. There might be some type of you know separation or or breakup, and then you could you know find someone else that will be on board with the same situation, et cetera, et cetera. Does things like that take place as well? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really dependent on uh, the people within the relationship, right? So you'll have where um, I'm dating one person and then um, I want to include somebody else in the relationship or I want to date somebody else. Then as long as my partner is aware of what I'm doing and what's happening, it's whatever. Um, sometimes one partner will stay home and then the other will go out and go on a date with, with their other partner. Um, it really is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's multiple monogamous relationships mashed together in like this, like the same way you would put together, um, any geometrical shape. It's the same thing. It's still going to be the two points between the lines and then they'll just be structured. However, um, and again, like I was saying, you'll, you'll experience a lot of the same things. So there is, it's not like there's an absence of jealousy jealousy can be there but it's how you manage that 
and how you um, bring it to your partner. Cause it's, it's, it's really things that you can't just be like, Oh, well, you know what, this is it. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Forget it. Right. Like, sure. If you want to set a boundary where it's like, you're not comfortable with that happening, it is something you discuss with your partner. And it's, it, it really is something you have to come into a decision together. It's, it's something you're going to keep moving forward with, or do you guys part ways? Um, all different things fall into place. Um, when it comes to those conversations. Thank you, Dish. Yeah. All right. So first of all, thank you. That was a great breakdown. Second of all, I went to an event a couple months ago called Exotica. And Exotica is known as the porn convention. At this convention, there were several workshops. They were free. You just go sit in a room like if you're at Comic-Con and you go to a panel. And one of the panels I sat down in was a polyamorous workshop. And the man who is an author and does a bunch of different stuff has been polyamorous for longer than I've been alive. He's been polyamorous for like 40 years. He's a guy in his like late 50s or early 60s, something like that. I don't remember its exact age. But the point is he's been polyamorous for years and years. And to add a little bit of fun to that, he's also part of the, the, <clears throat> the BDSM community. And so he said that he's a dom who has subs and he spoke a lot about his situation and broke down almost identically everything Nestor just said the same way. And so Nestor, that was great. And uh, he broke down the term V and most of those other terms. And he broke down his situation. He said he has a wife. He was already polyamorous when he met her. And so he put that on hold for a while and they got married. And when they got married, he told her, hey, this is the life I'm into. I'm part of the BDSM community. I do a lot of wild shit. And they had a long conversation. And she said, you know, I don't give a fuck about any of that. As long as you're honest with me and at night you come home to me. And he said it stood that way for the better of 20 years. And where he had multiple people he was in uh, different types of relationships with. At one point, it was a, another girlfriend. and another point, it was a fuck buddy. And he told his wife the things that were going on, and she was good with that. But at about 20 years in, she said, you know, I know for a long time I've let you do basically whatever the fuck you want. But I have a change of heart. I would like for you not to do this one thing. I would like this one thing in, in the sexual realm to only be with me. And he said, okay, I, I love you and I respect that. And that's what I'll do. And he broke down his situation where uh, his situation has changed even of recent. So he has his wife, and I forgot the term, but primary. that's his primary partner. Is the, do you know the term for it, Ness? It's called primary. Pr primary. There's uh, oh. probably another one. Just the primary, know, right? Because he anchor. said a specific term. There you go. Anchor, anchor. is Thank another you. term. Thank you. It yeah. was anchor. So she, his wife, he said, is his anchor. And then he had two other women, right? And so... He said one young lady he doesn't have any sexual any sexual relationship with in in the way that most people think so he is her dom and so they do bdsm stuff but he never penetrates her or anything like that and she does not live with them and then he has a girlfriend and his girlfriend has lived with them he said for a few years the girlfriend did live with them and everybody knew you know wife all right uh <laughs> He said, uh, every, everyone involved knows each other and they know wifey is, is number one. And he said the two call him daddy because that's their dom thing. 
but they call his wife mommy and they understand notice is not their mom but this is someone who's above me and to be respected and be honored and understand that it's a privilege to be able to be with this person's husband and so the two young ladies did and uh now the the girlfriend who lived with them has a boyfriend and so the boyfriend had to come and speak to everyone and he was new to the lifestyle and so long conversations had to be had and now the girlfriend moved out and she lives with the boyfriend but she still is part of their situation and he broke that's when he broke down the term v because his wife doesn't have any interest in intermingling with anyone else and so he is the v point and then he's got these other branches so to speak he said his is more like maybe a w or something because he's got more than two parties but yeah so yes he said basically polyamorous is whatever you all agree to but it is multiple relationships sometimes the people know each other sometimes the people don't know each other but usually you are not a person who is single usually you are a person in multiple committed relationships and he said but that's changing because now he sees that people are using the term poly single and then he said like that's some young shit he just made fun of it and so he said it's people who he doesn't really think they understand what the term poly means and things like that but poly i thought that uh i and he's right because i've seen that there's a specific app that i'm on yeah, they and freestyling. i see huh they freestyling but it's cool <laughs> that's what he yeah, said he basically said they just making shit up at this point yeah, but um yeah, and so I also thought this was an interesting conversation to bring to the podcast because I am someone who I guess practices ethical non-monogamy, right? And so when I am single, I date multiple people who know of each other. I do not have my people meet each other, but I am honest and open with people and I tell them, hey, I am, you know, we've gone on some dates and we're digging each other. And before this moves any forward, I think there's something you need to know. And honestly, I try to say it as soon as possible because why go on several dates if we're not going to go anywhere, right? Like, we don't need to waste each other's time and money. And so I usually tell people from the jump, uh, you know, once I know there's interest for sure, I tell them, listen, I, until I'm in the point where I'm in a committed relationship, I don't do exclusive dating because to me, that's a commitment. And so I am seeing however many people I'm seeing at that time, I tell them whether it's one or two or five, whatever, it's usually not five, but anyway, um, I let them know, you know, I'm dating two other people, for example, and you would be the third person. You would never meet these people and all the other stuff that I do, which is not anybody's business. Uh, but I have been accused many times of being polyamorous. Even Nesta used to joke for a long time that, I am polyamorous, yeah. but I'm scared of commitment. That was his running joke for a long time. It was, oh, Jay's polyamorous. He's just scared of commitment. And so I thought it was interesting to bring to the pod because I think a lot of people hear the term polyamorous and make their own assumptions and they don't really understand what it is. And so I know someone, I even went on a couple of dates uh, on a while ago. We went on a couple of dates. They said, oh, you have a harem of women. You think you're Andrew Tate. And I was like, okay, no none of that is correct i don't have a harem no one lives with me except my daughter i'm not in any relationships and 
I don't even want to discuss that guy. And so I said, man, we really got to talk about this on the pod because clearly people have some misconceptions. And uh, that's really it. I, I think I think people don't understand, and maybe Nestor can speak to this, but people have often asked me, you know, why aren't you polyamorous then? Clearly you like to be with multiple women and, you know, you're, you're clearly, this is something you do. And my answer is a couple things. One, I think people who are polyamorous are very brave and very patient. I'm not the most patient person. And me and Nestor have discussed this before. Yes, I date multiple people. So yeah, I'm dealing with multiple personalities at a, at a number of times. And that's a challenge. For me, I think anyone who's polyamorous, it's a heightened challenge because I can't yeah. speak for anyone else. But to me, when I'm dating someone versus when I'm in a relationship with someone, it's not the same level of commitment. You don't get the same J. Correct. Do I speak to you regularly? Of course. Do I see you when I can? Of course. But we're probably not going to speak every day. I'm definitely not going to live with you. And there's a lot of things that have to do with like That's intimacy and vulnerability that you're not going to get That's if we're not question. in a relationship. Um, Again, I just want to make sure I get clear. I... Yeah, what's up, Dex? What do you want me to do? You want me to yell over <laughs> like it? I'm ask a question. Um... Um, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do here? Um, no, no, patience. it's good. You I, I, you did it right people ahead, are that's... more patient because why? Because they they will. Why are you saying they're more patient than what you're doing? Well, I think that it takes a lot to be able to be committed to multiple people, people, okay. and to okay. cater right. to multiple okay. people at the sure level of a relationship. You're saying you're dating. When you're in a relationship. A lot is required. Casual dating, then, right? That's what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against relationships, but I think it takes a lot to get there. And if I'm committed to you, I'm committed to you, you know, that's and that's fine. But for me personally, to be able to give that level of commitment, vulnerability, uh, you know, the way I want to please you mentally, emotionally, and, physically, to do all of that with multiple that's people, that's a lot of work. I'm sorry, and I gotta that ask you takes that's patience. In, in, in a polyamorous and I personally am not. How do you feel well, as far as yeah, being? You feel comfortable being vulnerable with both, uh, giving the same level of vulnerability with both members of your polyamorous uh, relationship. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of have to be like, it, if you're going to enter into a relationship with someone, it, is the, is, it you it, have to be is there, comfortable uh -huh. being vulnerable with them. Sorry, uh, is there a temptation like that's, that's to definitely something want to big. favor one so it's, over it, the other? Or you can you f have enough self-control or decisiveness to give the same level to both people? It could happen that you're going to, to favor one partner okay. over another. Um, usually that's where like mm -hmm. the, the, cause there are hierarchical uh, relationships sometimes um, where it's like, Hey, that's, that's what Jay was saying before about the anchor partner um, or the primary. That's mm -hmm. usually the person that like, yeah, that's usually the person that's not mm -hmm. going to go anywhere. That's like, that's going to be like, that's your partner for life, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then everyone else you introduce <clears throat> are going to be people that, 
maybe you want to build a family with them as well. Maybe it is something that you want to build a family as a whole altogether, whether the other two partners are together or not. Um, because it is, it is also mm. something that's possible that where it's like, okay, I'm at the center. I have one partner here, one partner there, and we're all like raising I, a family together, brave, even though that's those brave. two partners aren't really in a relationship brave. at all. That's brave. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm saying to me, that takes a lot of fucking work and, you know, not like, look at the example Nessa just gave, right? Let's say. I want to have multiple children with these people, right? So let's say I have a wife, just example, right? I have my anchor partner and we have one child. This is just an example, right? And now here comes this new person and we all decide, man, we want to have more kids. I want to have a child with this woman. I love her equally or whatever. I love her. We want to have a child. We're discussing childhood. If all of us are going to be together, right? In this three parent household, there's a lot of people who need, now need to be on the same page for these children. That takes a lot of work. And I know you don't have to be in the same household. I know you can have multiple household situations, but that's not what I would want. I would want all my people in one house. If I'm going to have a family in one, I, I would prefer for everyone to be in one household. So that's why I give that example. I know that's not required, but just in this example of what I would want, I would now have to get two different women on the same page idealistically about how we're raising these children all together. That's going to take a lot of patience and a lot of work daily, daily. And so I think I take my hat off my figurative hat to everyone who's polyamorous because there's a lot of work involved, whether there's children involved or not. And I think for me personally, that's kind of scary. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not capable. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not, I don't know. But to me, does that sound interesting and fun? No, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. So I think that takes a lot out of everyone. And for me to be responsible, and then we're not even talking about finances. That's a whole nother ball game, right? And so, again, just for me to be with these two different women and be in these situations with the level of commitment, uh, to both of them, the vulnerability and, and, and catering to them, you know, I'm a person who likes to cater to my partner. And so in a relationship, that's a lot, it's a high level of catering. You know, mm -hmm. you got to know who likes what flowers and what day they off and what's special and, you know, dating, you don't got to do a lot of that shit. That's up to you if you want to or not, but it's not a requirement as Dion Sanders said. You know, it's not criteria in, in, in the polyamorous realm. That's criteria, baby. You got the no. You got the no and you got to be on point in both situations or, and if I'm wrong, Nestor, correct me, but you could create a lot of problems in between because you remembered this person's birthday, but you forgot completely about this person's birthday. You remember this anniversary, but you forgot that anniversary. Yo, why you always remember your anniversary with Nestor, but not with Tez? That's fucked up. Why you doing, you know, now, now Tess could feel away. You know what I'm saying? And I think I, I don't want no smoke, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not brave enough to be polyamorous. <laughs> I think I'm not brave enough. I'm not patient enough. Am I capable? Maybe. I don't know. You know, who knows if I met someone who's polyamorous, maybe somebody listening to this pod, they say, JD, come, come here, man. Let me, uh, let me help you yeah, out. Yeah. Come, it, come it, be polyamorous. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Is there a maybe we can work it out. Man? I don't know. You know? <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, probably. Yes. Likely, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, yes. Um, I'm there, telling you, yes. Even, uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm even, telling like, you, yeah. Yes. Because it, you it, can, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it's a fascinating yes. lifestyle. The really date, listen, the dating lifestyle. apps are a pod within itself. Yeah, a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of emotional work going on here. Yeah, and I think that it is. And right, and I think that the common yeah. misconception yeah. is like, "Yo, sure. it's lit. I got multiple bitches. It's lit." You know, I think that's the. Com- <laughs> I think that's how people. Are. I'll be honest, I think that's how. That's the ignorant pleasure part of it. Right. Yeah. I think people I think people see that. I think people hear someone say, Hey, I'm polyamorous. And if you're outside of the lifestyle, it's just like, oh, that nigga's the man. He's having mad fun. Like he got maybe not. Right. And maybe not. Maybe he's mad stressed. Well, I, I I do know that some 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 expressional part of it is um being able to be, you know, responsible. Because a lot of people forget that part, you know, when within hearing, you know, a lot of what you guys were expressing, I did hear a lot of responsibility. And I feel like even when I hear people express it, the only thing they think about is focusing on having multiple partners. It's not, it's not a, it's not a responsibility thing that they're looking at, not, not looking at, you have to be responsible for these individuals as well, you know, and it's not taking anything away from them, but it's saying that if this is something that you want to commit to, you have to be able to commit to it. You know, wholeheartedly, you have to be able to be responsible for what it is that you commit into as well. You know, a lot of people just want to make, you know, silly commitments, but you have to remember the commitments that you make and they follow up with responsibilities. You get what I'm saying? Right. Yep. Um, so I think I think that part often gets overlooked because I remember I was saying that to somebody the other day, you know, even um, and, and, and even sometimes when you look at certain talking points, it's usually a response to what somebody's saying. Like if somebody's saying, yo, well, dude got a bunch of Johns and they go, well, I'm gonna have a bunch of dudes. You know, it's always like a, res- a response and, and both of them are overlooking that both of these um, decisions and commitments come with responsibility. You know, can you manage being in multiple relationships, you know, like you said, exercising multiple different needs and, you know, groceries and this and likeness of the house and, you know, decorative things and, you know, different personalities and, yeah, you know, all of that stuff mm. comes in, comes into play. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So anybody have any questions for Ness before we move on? Oh, Ness, like the guru of this part? Okay, here? Okay. Well, I he's I he's the person with the experience, so. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. But like, like I said, man, you know, people always usually respond from that point of having the idea of just having multiple partners and how fun of that Of course. Be. Yeah. Because people look at, at the way they can benefit when you're on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say, oh man, I see days with a shirt off. He got a six pack. Yeah. Psst. I'm going to get me a six pack too, until you learn how many crunches you need to be doing every day, <laughs> or how, or how you got to change your eating habits. Or how much weight well, you gotta well, lose. Well, that 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 draws the point of you know, like I, I said to someone the other day. Usually, when people, I wonder, you know, I'm not saying everybody, but sometimes when people say things, it's like, can you even see it? Like a person would be like, I want to be a millionaire. It's like, bro, can you even see it though? Right. Like, can you envision that, or are you just saying it frivolously? Yeah, like, because what happens it? is when people are on the outside looking in of any situation, you know, uh-huh. you can look at Dex and say, man, Dex hair looks great. I'm going to get me some dreads. Mm-hmm. Dex ain't get them dreads overnight. It's work. 
And and then mm-hmm. and then once Dex got his dreads, what did he have to do to maintain them? Correct. What does Dex Correct. have to do every morning when he wakes up? I don't know. I have no idea. And so yeah, and I could say, man, De- Dex's hair looks great, man. It just it, it enhances the way Dex looks so much. He looks gorgeous. I want to look gorgeous too. I'm gonna get me some dreads. Okay. Until you start realizing the work you got to put in to get them, the work you got to put in to maintain them. And then now you're like, nah, I really don't want no dreads. Fuck the dreads and everybody with dreads. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, but cats are still living polyamorous, though. Niggas ain't saying F that. They just not being open about it. Um, A lot of people out here probably in polyamorous relationships and they don't even know it. I think people lie and fuck a lot of other people, but I don't think that makes them polyamorous, and that's part of what the whole point was to, to bring facetious. this to the forefront. Obviously. Oh, I thought he was being serious. Yeah, I'm, I'm being facetious, yeah, obviously. I was hoping. <laughs> I'm over here trying to keep it real. You know what I'm saying? I know. He's trying to get scientific on me, like when you Stop put two playing, and two together, you know that makes four. <laughs> 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 he said that if you line that up from this point right here, that makes it. <laughs> yeah, you know Yo, I mean? when Nesta said, when Nesta said <laughs> geometric shapes, I was like, yeah, it's all Son, you went from a V to a W, son. That was a win son. for me. That yeah. was, <laughs> you went from Damn. a V to a W, son. Yeah, I was like, these niggas out here having alphabetical geometric sex. What the fuck is going on? Because that's what dude said. <laughs> <laughs> that's they having alphabetical yeah. geometric sex. That's what's going on out here. Niggas is like, yo. Geometric. Yo, they out here. What, what, what my man said that the other? Perpendicular. Niggas is out here perpendicular. We had to look it up in the shop the other day. Anything at a 90 degree, you might have that like a T. You got the 90 degrees right there with the V. I don't know. It all sounds mathematical when you add people to it. it. Of course. Yeah, of course. All right, so we back. Go ahead, Ness. You said you had some more terms to break down. Uh, Just just a bit more to expand on it because definitely people this like crazy trap right so mm, what i've had different people come to me with questions about it and and whatnot mm-hmm. so there's um two different examples that that you have to definitely watch out for or be aware of right uh, so a lot of people seem to think when it comes to this that it's like oh this will fix my relationship uh, you know like hey uh, my person is 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 feeling on this person, and if I just add them to the relationship, mm. things will work out without mm. understanding or un- being fully aware of what they're what they're doing or or how they're approaching it. Right. Um, so I've I've heard stories about like, oh, these two people, they're together, and then one of them is feeling somebody else, and then the 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 outside partner is like well you know what yeah include them in the relationship just so we can stay together um but y'all can't do anything unless i'm involved yeah see that's like not y'all can't do goes. anything on your own yeah that's not that's, that that's a crazy trap and that's like that's that's not polyamory nah. like that that that's just you know trying to mix things up to to whatever that's but just like a fun also Tuesday putting night. major restrictions on Whoa. your partner right and you're putting all these restrictions on your partner and that's not polyamory. It's not about restricting them. It's about you guys having your freedom as Swing, individuals. Swinging is not really polyamory, while right? still maintaining a relationship together. Story time. 
Swinging is ethical non-monogamy, but it's technically not polyamory. Wow. Wow. Or consensual non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. consent, um, consent is king, right? That's right. right. So you're in your V with your mm. metamors. Mm. Uh, mm. You go to a party, everybody just chilling together, right? Nobody's hitting on nobody else. Nobody's vibing. Everybody's together. He's like, he's you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's like, what I'm trying to say is like, all right, you, there's no, I mean, could the metamors want to, to kick it with other people or they really stick together? You know what I'm saying? This situational stuff I'm asking here. If if they want to, it all depends on. Right, it, it really all, all right, depends so on what has been discussed. Uh, the, the the I'm learning this is really based on consensual stuff. Here. This is all everybody uh, has is on the same page type of thing. Same. This is no you know random. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fascinating. Yes. Hmm. Man, that, 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 that's, that's why you'll see a lot of crossover. Yeah, hmm. and that's and that's why you'll see a lot of crossover. Yeah, yeah, with um, with uh, the non-monogamous groups and BDSM because hmm. consent and discussion are very important to both sides. So you'll see a lot of overlap in things like that because that's so, that's oh, generally okay. how things go. You're always going to talk about the things you enjoy, and you know, not as a complete sight light to to the monogamous people, but it's a real uh, difficult mm. thing to for for the monogamous community to get used to mm. is actual communication. Mm. It's really rare for them to actually discuss their relationships. Talk that shit, Ness. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Well, I know you wanted to say something or ask something, Days. Go ahead and then I'll I'll go. Um, well, I'm still trying to um process the, the terminologies, you know, and okay. the titles to be able to to ask the questions. Cause the, the the metamor, is that like is that like the person that's like not dealing with anybody else, just committed to that particular situation? metamors are just uh two people who are dating the same person mm. and they're not dating the two people are not dating they're just dating the same person each other they're dating the same person but they're not dating each other mm. that's interesting so the person that that so the so the person that those two are dating what they're polyamorous pretty much right the the person yeah. that the two metamors yeah. are dating every everybody within the relationship uh could be considered uh polyamorous because they're of uh, even though they're not directly in a relationship with others they're still mm. a part of the polycule mm. interesting Wow, it all boils down to consent, I guess. You so, know, so for honest. example, so yeah, so f- for example, uh, you're dating me, you're dating Jay, right? And me and Jay, we're not dating each other, we're not dating anybody else, right? Me and Jay are metamors. Um, and we're a part of the polycule. So we would still be considered polyamorous because we are in a polyamorous relationship even if it's not with each other or with anybody else, and you're the only one actually dating multiple people. Mm. 
Okay. And that would make you the bottom of a V. Gotcha. The, the vertex. Ask, yeah, the vertex. Uh, what's the, the biggest degree, stru- be at the polyamory <laughs> structure you've been part of? <laughs> okay. Ooh. Major's hmm. three. Everybody I don't think was I've, cool. Yeah, well, I don't every, think of course, you got to talk. See, that's the main thing I'm learning here. You got to, everybody's got to be on the same page here. This is a. Right. You got to talk. Everybody has to, to do the thing. And you'll, you'll run into situations where, um, like, I, I, I've seen that too, where I, I've known people that were like, yup, um, they really want to be with the person. And they know, everybody knows that the person is polyamorous, but like, but they're not, right? So they're like, yeah, sure, we'll give it a try. We'll do it, blah, blah, blah. But like, like they, you know, it's not going to last because that person isn't really uh, in a polyamorous relationship. They either a just really want to get with that person, so they'll just do whatever to be a part of that person's life, or b and, they and think the that they're going to come in and disrupt that relationship mm. and leave monogamous with wow. the person that he, yeah. This so it is wild. <laughs> uh, so what I wanted to say is I, I think something that we're not shedding enough light on is the, it, what we're kind of getting to now, which is why I haven't butted in. There are parameters that you set up before you bring others in normally, right? And so if me and whoever, me and person A are together <clears throat> and we say, hey, you know, we're interested in doing this polyamorous thing. Well, then what are the rules, right? Because if you just do whatever the fuck you want, it causes chaos. Correct. So the idea is, idealistically, you sit down with your anchor partner in this example, and you say, hey, these are the things that we're both cool with. And that might take several discussions. It's not just some free-for-all where you all go do whatever the fuck you want. Even if you said, hey, I don't care what you do sexually, but you got to come home every night. If both parties agree, then hey, that's the parameters. That's pretty open. But the point is, before that starts, there's conversations where you both say and agree to whatever the fuck it is, right? And so that can be very different in every po- person's polyamorous, what's it called? Polycule, right? Polycule, yeah. Polycule. So it can be different in every one. So let's just say the five of us are all in poly- different polyamorous relationships. What me and my anchor partner have agreed to might be totally different than everybody else here, right? Maybe maybe me and my person say, I need to meet your other partner before you can be in that relationship. I have to approve them. If that's what we agree to, then that's what we agree to. But maybe Day's polycule doesn't have that part. Maybe Day's polycule is, hey, you can do whatever you want as long as they're tested, they don't live with us, and they don't give you head. Oh, okay, that's crazy, but that's what Dave's polycule has agreed to. And so I think that's an important part that needs to be discussed, or at least just brought up, because mm-hmm. it is different in every situation. Like everyone's polycule is not the same as Nestor said, but it's also not under the same guidelines. And so I just want everybody to understand that who's listening, watching, etc., because 
and again, Nestor can take can, can chime in, but it's not the same. It's it's not that everyone is just like, hey, multiple relationships, go have a blast. It's not just that. There are parameters, which Nestor said, but I just wanted to yeah, go a little deeper on. It's right. It's about being responsible and consenting to the things that we have agreed to before we just go adding mm. two, three, twelve people mm. into our polycule. So I just wanted to shed some light on that. Oh, that was great. Thanks. Did I did I misspeak, Ness, or is there anything you want to add there? Nope. Sounds good. All right. Anything else before we move to our last topic, fellas? Nothing else. All right. Tez, you still with us? Still with us. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure. All right. Let's head to our last topic and wrap this bad man pajama up. Our last topic is a little different. Oh, is it going to let me see our last topic in the chat? It will not. Look at that. Or maybe it will. No, it's gone. No, it's still there. I'm bugging out. Got it. All right. Yeah, I'm, it's me. I'm bugging out. It's not y'all. All right. So the last topic is a question for the room. The question is... Oh, I thought there was something new in the chat. My computer is being a little weird. Sorry. The last question and last topic is... Were you taught to express your love for others? The reason I ask before everyone chimes in is, you know, love is a tricky topic with men, right? A lot of times we hear publicly that men are taught to hide their feelings, suppress their feelings. Um, there's even a song. There's even a song on one of Common's. Uh, the, what's the album that Kanye produced for Common, the first one? You know what I know what I'm talking about? Uh, Dead poets were on the single. I'm gonna pull it up. I guess yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I thought it was B, right? Something like that. B. Ah, the album is called B B E. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that talks about love on Common's 2005 album B. And in one of the songs, he says, he, he chimes in about, he goes in kind of deep about how men are taught to not express love and suppress love. And I'm just using that as a celebrity and a hip hop example, but we've all heard this plenty of times. Uh, it's something that's spoken about publicly and on, on the internet often. So I just was curious, were you guys taught to express your love for others? Yes, no, maybe. Well, well, I'm sorry to do it, Ness, you know, because, <laughs> you know, how to define it. People do it in different ways, you know, but um, the first thing I thought about was having a sibling. You know, I had an older brother. So, you know, I think that's kind of like learning firsthand of how to like somewhat express your love. You feel what I'm saying? And, you know, he's a, he's a male, of course. I'm a male, so. You feel what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, like I, in certain ways, you know, it probably wasn't um, like sitting down in class and was like, hey, do this, do that, do this, do that. But you probably was learning those things by seeing how people was expressing them around you. Okay. That's the best way I could, I could describe it at the moment. Um, okay. When I think about so you it. feel like you were taught by by 
seeing it in your surroundings and seeing your siblings doing it. Yeah, you know, seeing it in in my surroundings, the way it was being expressed through the people that was that was expressing it. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't something that was direct. Like people wasn't like, you know, at least in my in my immediate household. It's funny. Me and my cousin, we talk about this. Like you know, going to my cousin crib, it was like, I love you, good night, good morning. You feel what I'm saying? Like they would be saying it faithfully. You know, I love you, mom. You know, oh, good night, mom. I love you. You know. So, um, yeah, just seeing it in, in, in the surrounding in which I was okay. in at the time I was right. in it. Got you. All right. Tez, Ness, Dex. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I was, yeah. uh, taught to express love. Um, <clears throat> even in a, my Caribbean family, it was, my parents was good. They were, they taught me how to, to, to express love to others and stuff like that. I, I would say that. Um, um, I think, and I think that now as, as a grown man, I think it's important to have that be good in that quality as, as in all, all the other manly things. You should be able to be just as good in that quality too, you know, of expressing love. Go ahead, Tess. I mean, same thing. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's okay to show love. It's okay that, I mean, in my olden age, I I learned it's okay to be vulnerable and admit that your feelings and be open. Uh, it's what I preach, you know, but are we taught like like a sit down lesson and like there's a board type thing? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to be board. We're not taught that, you know, we just, hey, you should call your grandmother or, hey, you should do this, you know, and, you know, it's it's life that teaches you that. It's uh, to me, I try to teach it to my kids and it's not grasping them until someone that they love, unfortunately, lo- you know, they lose it or they lose contact with someone that they love. They won't feel that because it, it's that extreme, I feel like would make them sink it in. You know, I'm trying to get my kids involved with my dad and <clears throat> it's like, hey, call grandpa, call grandpa. And, you know, it's it's also we live in a day and age where just like me, I don't call nobody. If they don't call me. That's the fuck's the point. I don't matter to you. <laughs> well, guess what? It's a two way street now, you know, and the reason why I can't really devolve, I, I can't really dive into this because I don't consider my blood family a family. Gotcha. I can say a portion of my family is here. You know, my family is within 10 fingers and it's the way I keep it. And most of my family is not even blood. So the people I consider family is not blood. Uh, but, you know, that's that's it's time and, and experiences that teaches you how to properly love and everybody loves different. You know, it's it's not the same way. You know, it, it, everybody goes to different things and different phases in their lives. And it's there's there's no proper way to teach someone how to love and care for someone, especially in a relationship, which is why, you know, we have what, you know, the, the last segment is because, you know, we just want to love and, and be loved. But when it comes to everything else, it's just there's there's no handbook. There's no handbook to it, period. Yes. 
that's true. So I, this is um, a big question, right? Because um, obviously, yeah, there's not going to be like a sit down lesson or whatever like that. Um, and it is, you know, what you observe and how you see people um, interact with each other uh, that you learn that. Um, but you can, it definitely is something that can happen where you can be taught that uh, on purpose with your family and the people you're raised with. Um, it may not always happen because sometimes you're taught, well, you gotta, you gotta hold that in because you can, you can decide, well, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I love my, my mom, my dad, I'm going to go hug them and tell them I love them. And then you can be told, Hey, that's not, you know, that's not how you do that. Don't do that. Or um, it just could be the situation that it's in and, and the child will pick it up as, well, maybe I shouldn't do this at all ever. Um, and they can just learn different lessons from that. Um, and, you know, it just, it just changes for me. Um, I don't think like at home specifically, I don't think I was really taught to express my love properly or to really, uh, understand my emotions healthily. Um, but as far as outside of like my home, um, with different, like even with my mom, uh, it was definitely something that it was, well, I care about this person. I'm going to beat them up, right? Like not like playfully beat them up. Um, and that's kind of like became my thing, like with people is like, once I'm starting to get comfortable with you, I'll probably push you around, I'll grab you, whatever, just different things. Um, and that's just me like showing my love. Cause that's how I learned to express it. Um, and then as you grow, you realize, Hey, not everybody expresses love the same way. Not everybody reads love the same way. Um, so you have to learn like, okay, how does this person really, um, that's, that's where like love languages come in. So it's like, oh, okay. This person has this particular love language and, and this is what they, they, they understand as expressing love. So, okay, maybe I'll, I'll shift up a bit and, and do this with them once in a while. Um, and, oh, oh, they, they're always like giving me things because like, that's their love language is gifts. Okay, cool. Like, and then you start to understand like those different things. Um, but it's, it's really about being aware and being cognizant of like your emotions, other people's emotions. And that's not something that's like easily taught. Um, but it, it definitely is something that, that, you know, you should be aware of. And, uh, even if you're not taught it, try to learn it, uh, as you get older. That was, that was great. Great, great way to break that down on multiple layers. This is really interesting for me to hear. Uh, my experience is different. Um, my family growing up was very big on the expression of love. Every night before you go to bed, it's I love you. Uh, phone calls before you hang up, it was I love you. Um, that was, you know, mom, dad, sister. And certain like, you know, cousins and grandparents and stuff. But then... There was another side that was more like what Nestor said, like my uncle, uh, he was in and out of prison a lot when I was a kid and he didn't come and say, hey, I love you. He would play fight. He would take you shopping, you know? And I remember uh, what he used to like to slap box. 
And so he would come home and smack me in the face. And I'd be like, yo, what? why are you hitting me? Like, I didn't even do anything wrong. Hitting is bad. And it's like, oh, this is what you mean. I'm, I'm trying, I'm playing around because I love you. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You don't hit people because you love them. You hit people because you're in trouble. That's when you get a spanking or a smack or something. He's like, no. And so he taught me about different types of love and expressing love. Uh, in my household, I remember there was a point when my sibling did not like expressing her love for certain family members. And there was literally a conversation about her not having to. And hey, it's okay if you love this person, but don't express it every single time. Yeah, this person fucks with you and makes you mad. And so, yeah, you're not going to be mad and say, I love you. But it's important that you do let this person know that you love them. You know, on occasion, it's important for people to know, kind of have these reaffirming feelings. Uh, So this is really interesting for me to hear you guys who we all have expressed our love for each other uh, say this. Um, And I'm not I'm not judging any of you, to be clear. It's just interesting to hear these different answers. Uh, My experience was very different. And I know even me as a parent, I tell my daughter I love her as much as I can. And my daughter is a I love you machine. Uh, You know, some of y'all have been around my daughter a lot and y'all know that. My daughter says I love you all the time. My daughter will say I love you a hundred times in a day. It'd be like back to back sometimes. It'd be, hey, I love you. Oh, I love you. He'd be like, man, you just told me you love me. I I love you too. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, and even I remember when she was very young, she would just walk around saying I love you to anybody she thought was cool. It's like, oh, you know, I love you. You're cool. And so I remember we had to have a conversation where it's like, okay, love is not just I like you, right? Like, yeah, Nestor's cool, but that don't mean you have to tell Nestor you love him. Do you love Nestor? Do you know what that means? Do you know what these feelings are? Right. And so, you know, my daughter has been around a lot of you guys a lot, and she mm-hmm. she loves y'all. What happened, says? and so um you know my my daughter it's really interesting to see how her expression of love uh manifests itself as well and i just was interested in you know my point of this podcast is to bring topics to the everyday guy because there's a lot of shit that men of color are criticized for on the internet and I want to kind of debunk, excuse me, debunk some of these things and discuss some of these things because maybe some of it does hold truth. Maybe some of it doesn't. And, you know, uh, something that me and Days speak about a lot is me and the way I express my emotions or don't express my emotions versus how Days handles his emotions, right? D, we talk about that a lot. And so that's another reason I thought that this would be an interesting topic because I know everyone here doesn't express things the same way. You know what I'm saying? And so I was curious because, yeah, like I started saying when I brought up the topic, a lot of people say men are not taught to love. Men are not taught to express love. I don't think that's true. I think men are taught to express their love. I think it presents itself in different ways, as everyone here kind of said, right? Like, The way I was taught or the way I observed may be different than the way the rest of you gentlemen did. 
And so I just thought it would be interesting to speak about because I think it is important to express your love. You know, I tell all you guys here that I love you. Maybe not every day, maybe not every time we text and talk. But I think it's important to make sure my people know, yeah, I do love you. I do care about you. I do want to help you when you need help, regardless of whether that's moving a couch or, you know, whatever the hell, helping you with some other random thing, you know, helping you research something, whatever the hell it might be, you know, linking you to someone who can help you. Um, And so, yes, as Nestor said, giving gifts and the way that you express your love is very different. And so I think that part we kind of all know. Um, I just was curious, do, were we each taught as children to express our love? And if so, what way was that done? So that's why I brought it up, uh, because I, I was taught and I know that everybody who knows me may not think that because I don't express my emotions as often as some other people do, but I, I do express love and I think it's important that men express love for the people they love. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's your close friends, your family, uh, significant others, children, whoever. Um, And I also think what Nestor said holds true, right? Knowing how each person expresses their love and how they receive things is also very important. You know, personally, I hate that gift giving shit. I think people who don't say shit but shower people with gifts are doing those people a disservice, especially children. Absolutely. I know a lot of spoiled kids who all they get is gifts and they don't know shit about love. They don't know a damn thing. They just know, hey, I get new sneakers every time I see dad. That that's that's not gonna help you later in life. And I know that's a different topic, but yeah, but since Nestor brought up brought up the <laughs> gift giving thing, I, I just wanted to respond to that because those those things drive me a little nuts. And I gotta be honest, this don't got shit to do with none of this, but I hate that love language bullshit. I see it all the time on dating apps and on the internet. But what's your love language? What My love language mean? shut the what fuck up. Mean? My love language I hate is that all love of language them. shit. Love language is all of Such... them. <laughs> so there's a test that you take, and there are five love languages, if I'm correct. And I know the women watching are going to tear me apart, but it's fine. I don't really care. Uh, there are five quote unquote love languages and you take this test and it's supposed to tell you, uh, what are your love languages in the order of the five. And so number one and two are the ones that most people put on their dating profiles or walk around saying, but it tells you based on your answers, what are the, the, your love languages It's basically, how do you receive Mm love and how do you express love i'll pull them up i don't have a problem reading it off well you know nowadays we are in like such a copycat industry that it's like people are just um regurgitating things that they're constantly seeing on the internet you know especially yeah and people want people want shit to rep that's the other thing like it's it's also part of this this rep mentality where you well well, i I gotta rep my sign I got to rep my hood. I got to rep my love language. We realizing that they ain't cool. Niggas ain't original. You remember back in the day, you could tell if a person was authentic based on their style. You had to be next to them. You understand what I'm saying? Now people could watch your style from a distance and just emulate to where it could be like 45,000 of you in so many different places emulating your, your whole style. You get what I'm saying? It's a copycat industry. So it's like 
whatever Jay's confident admitting and being open to and, and wearing with such confidence, you, if you do it enough, people will start to, you know, your influence will build and people will start to follow and they feel so comfortable with the same thing now. You understand what I'm saying? That it becomes gotcha. a culture. It becomes like a culture for like a better or word. Or a part of. Or a part of, yeah. Acceptance. So here are the five love languages. Uh, words of affirmation. This language uses words to affirm other people. Acts of service. For these people, actions speak louder than words. Receiving gifts. For some people, what makes them feel most love is to receive the gift. Receive a gift. Quality time. This language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Physical touch. To this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate touch. Those are the five okay. love languages of bullshit. I think, I think it's another thing to rep. I think it's another thing to be a part of. And if we're really going to dive into it, which that was not our topic, but if we're really going to dive into it, most right. people like right. all of those things at some point or another. Yes. Like most people yes. appreciate, most people will appreciate a gift, appreciate being touched appropriately, all, all of the things. I think like, they'll appreciate all of, all of that at one time. You could give them all of that in one night talk at that, one that, time. That, and I think they that, would absorb all talk of that. that. You know yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, come on. Think about it. Think about it. He broke it down. We talking about words of affirmation. We talking about touch. We talking about gifts. We talking about time. We you usually do that. You feel what I'm saying? I guess just at some so, point. And then somebody... and then my thing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Dave. No, I was Sorry, just gonna say. I guess at some point somebody messed it up. I was saying that to somebody the other day. Sometimes people talk themselves out of shit, act themselves out of shit, behave their way. Great out minds, of great minds think alike. Because that's where I was going. Go ahead. Tell oh, us. okay. All right. Come on, Ted. I mean, so I'm gonna I'm 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 be a little transparent. The reason I didn't talk about the polyamorous stuff because I just got out of a relationship with that stuff and feelings are still bare ass. You know, they're still raw. I'm gonna tell you this: that love language thing. I'm not saying it's bullshit. Listen, people operate in different ways, and and we live in a day and age where everybody needs a label or some type of affirmation to acknowledge the way they feel. And I get it. I learned a lot in this relationship. I still have feelings for this person, and I, I'm happy that we're just that we're still friends, and that's it. However, if I when I'm in love with someone, like I was in love with this person, I'm giving them everything that I can, that I and I'm, that I'm willing to give. You know, you can say the meatloaf song all you want. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Yeah, that's me. I, I would do anything that won't change my characteristics of who I am. I'm not selling myself out for somebody, but you want to know something? If you're with me and 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 you have me as your partner, you have a hundred percent of what I can offer you in a relationship. So that includes the gift givings. That includes the attention. That includes, you know, the all affirmations, the, the, you know, the con all, I got all the Dragon Balls. I got all of them. I'm That's Thanos right. in this. Whatever. I don't watch that shit. I'm Thanos. I'm giving you everything that I can. In return, all I want to do is feel love. That's it. 
and feeling love is not is not an item to me it's not it's not about you know oh you know let's sleep together a thousand times it's not love love to me is being around you know like wanting to be around me or that little quick text message in the morning because you know just thought about you how you doing how's your day have a good day what you know it'd be the small things all that shit adds up to me I don't need a fancy house. I don't need a fancy car. I don't need, you know, the latest pair of J's or the newest video game type bullshit. All I want is a person to love me for me. Not what I can offer them, not what I bring to the table, but because we have this these this, this connection towards one another. So that love language thing to me, I'm like Jay, I don't agree with it in a way. But I respect it because some people need it. But yeah, it's, that's, I that's, think, that's pretty much I how think I feel that, and, and first of all, thank you for your transparency and for chiming in. Um, I think that what happens is, like Days was saying, that's kind of where I was going, is if you put on your dating profile, for example, my love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch. So that means I never got to buy you a gift, right? I can't buy you gifts. It's against the rules. I can't give you gifts. Receiving gifts is no good for you then, right? You, you've taken that off the table. So don't ask me why I don't buy you flowers, why I didn't get you the new vibrator. You know, none of that. Don't ask, You said, so I don't got to give you quality time neither. I could see you once a month and it's all good as long as physical touch and affirmations are involved, right? If I tell you every day you're beautiful, I love you, that's good enough. I don't gotta I don't gotta see you on a reg, right? You don't deserve quality time. Matter of fact, you don't even like quality time, you said. That's what you said. <laughs> that's, so that's even so correct. correct. Like, <laughs> it's stupid. Like you mean to tell me if I if if you said affirmations, I see you, yeah. Ness, I see you one second. If yeah. you said, yo, affirmation and physical touch. So then that means you can't even complain. You, you, I should never even think it's wrong of me to think of spending quality time with you. I shouldn't say, hey, I got vacation for a week. I'm going to just spend my whole week with you and, and give you all my time. Because you, you only want physical touch and affirmations. Come on. Everyone needs different things at different times. Yeah. Today, Listen, you might be having a really hard week. And so maybe you, maybe you need quality time and don't want to be touched at all. Correct. Maybe you just, man, I really need my loved ones around me right now. You know, Na- Nana passed and I'm going through it. Nana was my favorite. Nana actually raised me. And so I need I need you around. But I'm but now what I'm gonna say, nah, remember when I met you? Your dating profile <laughs> said words of affirmation <laughs> and physical touch. So I love you and I'll I'll touch you whenever you want, but I can't yeah. spend this week with you. Yeah. Come on, son. Go ahead, man. So I, I, I think, so I, it's crazy that there's a test for it. I think you just need to be aware of like your emotions and how you express them. Like you really don't need a test to tell you that if you're asking for a lot for some people. Are self-aware. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's some people that aren't 100% self-aware. Sorry, sorry, Ness. Days caught me off guard, but he's right. I, <laughs> um, I think it's not hey, this is the only way I express love, but I value these things higher. Um, It's the same thing like when we had the types conversation, there are certain things you're going to value higher than others. 
regardless if, oh, this is cool, this is awesome, this is nice, this feels good, there's still going to be those things. So, like, but for me, those change. one of those things is physical touch. They definitely can change depending on your mood, but a lot of the times, that's the go-to. Those are the things. Like, for, like I said, like, for me, it's physical touch. Like, like it's it's a way I feel grounded. It's 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 how I like if you can stand touching me, I can stand touching you. Like whatever, then I feel like okay, shit is cool. Um, like I was going bananas like when twenty twenty and all that was happening because like I love giving hugs. Like that's my thing, and it just was driving me crazy because I couldn't do that beyond just my home with my wife, and that's it. Like, like there was no one else to interact with in that way. I ain't gonna hug. He's just a hug machine. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna so hug. I'm just saying. You get hugs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's just it. There's <laughs> there's just different things um, that I feel people put uh, of higher value at certain times. And that's all that really is. That's all that love language thing is, is just, hey, I value this a little bit more than I value that. Um, because th- this, these are the, the, the ways that I've expressed love or have love expressed to me. And this is what I'll recognize immediately versus all of these things are really cool because they do, you know, they are nice touches. And you, you, can, you can understand that like, oh, yes, that person is, is expressing their love for me in a way. Um, but like they'll value other things higher because they're like, hey, why why don't they do this for me? Or why don't they, you know, ever like touch me in these moments? They'll notice like those little things that aren't happening more than they'll notice the little things that are. Do you think it could vary? Do you think it could vary based on the person you're dealing with? Um, as far as? Based on the person you're dealing with at the time, it could vary. If you if you understand the other person how they express their love, then sure it could vary because if you're someone that's like, well, I know that they do this this way, um, but also like you need your nourishment, you need your uh, um, whatever it is as well. Um, so it can't just always be them satisfying uh, the way they express things. Um, you also need those moments as well. I think um, there's always it, it, it's important. just a matter of that. There's always something you'll value higher. Yeah, I was I was going to get to that because you was talking about because before you mentioned the point about valuing things higher, you mentioned something about awareness. That's why I laughed. I was like, oh, man, you're asking for a lot. But I think um, all jokes aside, I think that those moments are important. I think it's important for you to be aware in that moment of, of what you're experiencing and what you're feeling because those moments are very telling. You know, it'll be able to identify, you know, what those things are. I know you guys may, you know, think those things are, are, are bullshit, but to a certain degree, I think um, there's certain aspects of that that has some truth. Like, remember what I said on the other part? Like, I think a lot of these things was always going on around us, but now they're adding different titles and terms to it. So people could identify it. But I always think in some way, you know, we were we were definitely being affected or having these experiences, but we didn't have the titles for them. You know, um, you know, I could think back when I, you know, had certain relationships and when I was with certain girls who 
were, were very affectionate, how, how I felt, you know, being with them and how I felt in those moments and how I felt more drawn to them, you know, in those moments. But then I also think about where those things could stem from. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like my grandma, my grandma was very affectionate. My mother's mom was very affectionate. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and, and I do remember those moments. I remember how I felt, how they made me feel. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and, and I think to a certain extent, that's where those things could stem from. Some people are probably like identifying with, you know, those moments and those feelings of, of love or, or that expression of, of love or affirmation or whatever you want to, to express. Cause just like you were saying, you was making jokes, but a person could say, yo, my, my love language is time and touch, but I could guarantee you if somebody's splurging on their ass, they ain't going to say no. You feel what I'm saying? They ain't going to be like, wait, 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 wait. That is not my love language. But you know what? I love that little right. bag. <laughs> I love that selfie. <laughs> oh, those flowers? That's not my love language, but roses are so beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I think I I think um it does vary. I think we could wake up feeling different too. I think didn't you say that Jay? Like you could wake up feeling different yes. too. You know, at Yeah, the, because that's moment. that's my whole thing. Like I get that people want to identify and there's the thing on the internet is a label for everything so we could all identify and yes. rep our set, right? Yes. I'm I'm not going to go through the millions of things, but that's the thing. Everything has a term now. On my solo pod, I make fun of that all the time. <laughs> oh, if you're doing this, you're quiet quitting. If your supervisor's doing this, he's quiet firing. If you put your hands this way, you're cock shaming. Your son, everything has a term. Everything has a term, and that's something I make fun of on my solo podcast a lot. Yeah. Everything has a term because people want to be able to put labels, which I think, which I said on my and sound intellectual, episode. I think too. I think that's a whole nother. But that's the thing, right? It's weird because we live in this time when we're saying diversity is very important, inclusion is very important, but really we're doing the opposite. Really, we're saying, "Oh, Tez does this, so he's this label. Ness does that, he's this other label." But, but why we need 8 million labels for everything if we're being inclusionary and diverse? It's bullshit. That's my issue. So it's not that these things... I'm not saying these five things are not legit. I'm saying people repping them and marrying themselves to these terms are the problem. Well, they yeah, if today I feel sad... What'd you say? I said, well, they're being so over-analytical. Like, but, that, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like... But, but that's my point. Like, it, why are you marrying yourself to these terms when idealistically it doesn't make sense? It's going to change. Like, I get Nestor's point of saying I value this one more most of the time. But that doesn't mean Nestor doesn't require the other correct, four. Correct. And yeah, it doesn't like mean that. that that won't change. Yeah. Like, yes. And I think even, even the... I'm sorry. Well, I say it leaves room. It leaves room for, you know, transition, oh, transitional period. Because, listen... Human beings are very layered creatures. What we need on a daily basis changes and in life, period. To, look, hey, listen, I'm going outside today. I'm not cold. I don't need a jacket. But tomorrow it's going to be brick and snowing. I, I'm going to need a jacket and a hat. And I'm being silly, but it's the same <laughs> you're, you're thing. No, right? You're right. It's the same thing. Listen, like I, like the example I said, hey, Nana passed away. I'm going through a real hard time. As much as... I may usually not want quality time. Yeah, I want my significant other to spend as much time with me as possible. But 
I may not always need that. Maybe, maybe, maybe after Nana, you know, before Nana passed, I may say, actually, I don't need the quality time on the same level. Maybe right now I'm going through this phase where I need a lot of physical touch. Maybe not even sexual. Mm -hmm. Maybe like Nestor said, hugs. You know, hey, can, fellas, can we get a group hug? I'm sad today. Maybe that's all I need today is lots of hugs. You know, my point is we marrying ourselves to these terms when idealistic, when, when not for idealistically, when in reality we're so much deeper than the shit we marry ourselves to. Oh, I'm a carnivore. Oh, nigga, so you just hunt and eat meat. You don't eat shit else. You don't enjoy a berry or a banana ever in life because you're a carnivore. Oh, I'm I'm paleo. I only eat fats and yo son. So you're never gonna. So if I offer you a baked potato, that's no good. You'll never in your life eat a baked potato, right? Like it's just stupid. We marry ourselves to all of these terms when human beings are an entire spectrum. Each of us, what we require, what we desire. What it's we choose telling, to though. be around is telling. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're giving a lot of examples, and it's like, and it goes back to something that I was saying earlier. Like just the idea of it is very telling. Like just to see, like, you know, like you know, ju judging by social media. Like I see a lot of things on social media. I don't say nothing, but you can see how, like they say, trees without roots, they just blow in the wind. One week a person be That's over here, then the next week a person be over here. Then the next week a person be over here. But that's what I'm saying. If you're that observant and that analytical, then you can see who is solid and who's authentic because they standing firm versus the people who blowing every which away every day of the week. You understand what I'm saying? Um, yeah. You feel me? So, um, yeah, that, that that's another point that, that I'm making too. It's very telling. You get what I'm saying? That now when something pops up every week, people are now a part of that. And then they're part of this. And then they're part of that. And it just shows you something that we we kind of could have seen back in the day. You've seen that it was people who was copycats who they literally somebody will say something a certain way. And you see the person say it the same way, same way that they did. And you look like, bro, you don't even talk like that. You understand what I'm right. saying? But you see that level of influence on social media. You understand what I'm saying? Because it gives you that that reach. You know, I remember right. somebody was making examples about um like like style and, and dressing. How you wasn't you didn't have the privilege of seeing somebody dressed in Seattle unless you went to Seattle. You understand what I'm saying, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's why they're saying yeah. now you can really go places and people really look like cats from New York or people really looking like each other overall as a whole because all of these stylistic expressions is being expressed on social media in abundance. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. It's, it's everybody's a bit of every part of it. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't, you can't. Yeah, I agree. I agree in the fact that uh, you can't just pinpoint one. It sounds silly. It just sounds silly. You know what I mean? We all, it, the, the, like you said, you know, I, I need a coat tomorrow. It's going to snow. I got to put on some boots tomorrow, you know? I'm not going to be out in flip-flops tomorrow. But I like flip-flops on this day. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it sounds, you know, just trying to uh, commercialize something or, you know, market something pretty much to me. That's all I get from that. Um, cornball. Yes. But we know we, we're all that. We're all part of all. We, we have all those I like when desires there. at one time or another, you know, so. But it's. 
Yeah, in perfect way. Yeah. I like what Ness said. Ness said you might favor them more at yeah. different points of times, and I I could I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I think that's what people yeah. mean when they say, "Yo, this is this is my love language." Mm-hmm. I think they're just saying like, you know, I. I favor this one more, you know, in certain times mm. I might like this one more or I might lean more towards this one. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I just I just think marrying ourselves to all of these terms is silly and divisive. And that's my thing. It's like, oh, well, if it's not physical touch, it's like, so now let's just say, right? All right, so this is why, this is it, right? And then I'll shut up. Let's say going back to the dating profile, right? They said words of affirmation, and physical touch. But if I think quality time is the best, guess what? Now we've divided ourselves because, well, I, I only mm. like to express my love language through quality time. So those people, I can't fuck with y'all. It's just more divisiveness. Capricorn mm. Capricorn versus Taurus. Physical touch versus uh, words of affirmation. Black versus white. Rich versus poor. Middle, you know, like It's a lot. It's just like, yo, we are just dividing ourselves off so often and i know this is like oh man here jay go with the society shit but it's like it's true i just see like oh well you know nesta wears hats i don't wear hats so i can't fuck with nesta <laughs> if nesta not gonna ever take his hat off he can't keep being on right. my pod like right. stop right. like people are people and they are just so complex being a human that's one of the many things that separates us from the animals like a lion is just a lion. Like that lion is going to be the same most of the time. Humans are way more complex creatures. We're way more complex. And and I think just like we like to divide ourselves from others so much. And really, unity is the answer. We're all people. Like if we continue to give ourselves all of these levels of separation, I don't see how we thrive. I think it's based on definition and status. I forgot who was saying it, but somebody was saying like, I don't want to be defined because he's like, once people define you, you, you kind of can't grow from that. And I think that's, that's the issue. You know, you defining yourselves and not leaving room for growth, trial and error, flexibility, because now it goes back to your point. Let's say, you know, I, these are your physical touch. Now on the days that you don't want those things and you want those other things, guess what? Now you leave yourself open for scrutiny. Because you saying, yo, my, my, I only do physical touch and, and acts of service. Well, today, nigga want to give you a gift and and you you open to it. <laughs> but, because, but because you said these two things specifically, you leave yourself open for scrutiny. But now you over here trying to justify when all you got to do is just be open. You feel what I'm saying? Don't 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 limit yourself to any titles or, or definitions because like you said, you may wake up feeling different on Monday and that's okay. That's life. That's life. It's okay to wake up feeling different on Monday and then regroup on Tuesday and then readjust on Wednesday. We could go down the line. That's fine. And you 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 have to be okay with that. You know, it ain't about Yeah, and that's I okay see you. You gotta be okay with that. Sorry, Days. Oh no, it's fine. So I think I think it like like I said before, it's a, it's about a level of self awareness, right? So I'm aware that this is right the main way that I express my love. But you're going to, if you do go in a different direction, you're going to open yourself up to scrutiny only from people that don't realize that people are fluid and, and can express themselves in different way, regardless of their preferred uh, form. Mm -hmm. 
like anybody that's that's gonna be like okay well this is what they usually do they're doing something different today then they they can be aware that the person is is not set in in what their expression is because again like i said you you when you're doing these things you have to be aware what the how the other person feels most comfortable as well like if i know that my way is is physical touch and someone else cannot stand to be touched i'm not going to touch them i'm not going right. to sit there and constantly grab them and give them hugs and whatever i'll find out what works best for them and that's what i'll do i'll find that that middle ground and so if someone sits there and they're like well i thought you said your love language was physical touch why do you never touch them why are you only you know ever giving them gifts and this and that i'm like well you know they don't like to be touched and i'm aware of that and but and it I may can, vary though i can change with that because you know whatever exactly but the whole thing is you're only you said that you're opening yourself up to scrutiny you're only opening yourself up to scrutiny to people that don't realize that people are flexible no i said if you're being direct that that's even why though you have i to say that like this is most important yeah, but that's why you have to be careful when being. That's direct. what I'm saying. Yeah, being like I, I will, I will to the end of time say that my love language is is physical touch. I will say that to the end of time, right? Physical but touch and obviously uh, uh, quality time, right? Because because how else I'm going to touch a person if I'm not spending time with them, right? So so obviously those kind of go hand in hand, but like for me, right? Gifts aren't as important. They're like at the bottom for me. I don't you, care. You're if not going to turn it away, though. I'm not a big gift giver. Are because you? Because that's what the person chooses to do for me. No, but they're, they're choosing to do it for you because they care right. for you, right? That's that's what I'm saying. It's all part of the whole love aspect. Right. Love is and a, I a understand. full spectrum of things. Right. And I understand that that's what they do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I understand it's what they do. And if someone's going to scrutinize me because I say my love language is touch and I'm accepting gifts, right? If they scrutinize you, then it is on me. I hear that's you, telling that someone... they are not aware that. Yeah, but we're in a world right. where, where exactly. if they're not aware that people have flexibility. Well, well, but they're not making people aware of it because they're being very direct. Like such someone like myself, I could be very direct at times. If I'm being that direct, there is no room. There's no wiggle room. So, you know, when you're that direct, it is, there is no wiggle room. So when there is no wiggle room, sometimes you can leave yourself open for scrutiny because... We, there is no wiggle room. You understand what I'm saying? Shit can happen. That's like you telling me, yo, bro, I'm going to be there at 8 o'clock. And I'm expecting for you to be there at 8 o'clock. But your car, your, your, your Uber caught a flat. Now you're running 20 minutes late. Now, a, a person could be that direct that they, yeah, you told them that your Uber caught a flat, but they still upset that you couldn't make it at 8 o'clock. Bro, there's no, I'll be looking at that person that's mad, that's still mad, like, yo, bro, cut them some slack, bro. Shit happens. That, the, that conversation is the flexibility part. But you see how they so direct, like he told me he was gonna be here at eight, though. That that's some people. Some people will really hold you to that shit strongly. Like you said you was gonna be at eight o'clock, right? Like, bro, and that's, Uber that's caught a flight on the highway. It it I, I I feel you. You say I feel you, but to a certain degree, it's quite telling on you too. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like you gotta give yourself room 
for flexibility. You understand what I'm saying? When you're being, I think. Oh, go ahead, finish, Dave. No, because that's what I'm saying. We what what we seeing on the dating apps. I'm just talking about somebody saying that that specifically. That's very direct. You understand what I'm? Yo, this is my love language. Uh, touch and my love language is hug. That's very direct to the point that you made a joke about it. That's why you say, yo, I right, so then I can't give you no gifts because you ain't accepting no gifts. Why? Because that's very direct. That's yo, this is what it is. You you understand what I'm saying? Like, does that sound like I'm willing to bend? Does that sound like I'm willing to waver? That's what no, I'm but I think right? No, no, I agree or disagree. Does it sound like I'm willing to waver? It does not sound like you're willing to bend. And I think what happens is something that Nestor says very often on this podcast, which is that what's most important in all relationships is communication. Correct. And so if Nestor is telling his partner, hey, this is my preference, but I'm open to the others, well, then they can communicate. And see, me personally, even though I'm against all of this bullshit, I try to adhere to what my partner's desires are and so this would be part of that if i'm in a relationship and my lady is telling me hey you know i like to really shower my people with gifts and i'm not a person who likes a lot of gifts then we got to have a conversation now you can't give me 30 gifts this month it's it's too much for me it's overkill but maybe we can meet at 15 you know it's i think it all comes down to that in in the debate you guys are kind of having i think that's the answer I think that's the resolution to whether they're firm or flexible on any matter, right? Right. Nestor can chime in, but I think that's that's really what the answer is in your guys' debate. I think the answer is communicating with your partner, whether that's sexual, whether that's love languages, whether that's finances. Well, I'm just talking about all face value. When somebody, I'm going off of your example that you gave about dating apps. Once somebody see that or face value, that doesn't show flexibility. Now, now, once we get oh. past that, and we—that's what you're saying. Once we get past that profile, uh, spe- you know, specificity, and then we start to have a, a conversation. Oh, yeah, then it might open up to to other things. But off oh, of face value, that's saying, yo, this is what it is. You feel? You feel what I'm yes. saying? Yes, that I agree with. Yes. Okay. Go ahead, Ness. Or you, or you got not, or you got no response. No, no, yeah. Um, what you said is it because even regardless of whatever it is you see, especially if we're talking about like dating apps, like you guys still have to have a conversation at some point. No, we so don't. That no, we don't. It could be part of the conversation. Is oh, you don't? No, because if I see my love, you never keep you're it not going to say hi. Like, that's no. to my point. Go ahead, Jay. No, okay. I'm going right past that profile. I'm I'm pressing no or swiping okay. left, whatever the fuck it is on that app. If your shit say love languages, I'm just next. <laughs> don't gotta talk about shit. It's, somebody was telling me about data apps the other day. Shorty said, um, she said, she said, please don't. She was just giving examples about what not to put in the bio and some things she see. And she was saying like, um, she hate when people be like, oh, don't waste my time and this and this and that. And see that that was her example. She's saying like, soon as she see somebody put that. She like, nah, I'm, I'm good because it's giving yeah. off a certain impression. You understand what I'm yes. saying? That's what I'm saying about being direct. And that's when you put stuff like that, that directly yeah. jump out to people. That don't say flexibility. Oh, well, don't waste my time if you can't. Oh, all right, so I ain't wasting your time. I ain't going to waste mine either. Yeah. Next. You feel, you feel what I'm saying? That, I'm sorry, Ness. I'm not trying to be a contrarian. 
but that's that's the way I look at it. When no, I, I mean, have, no, no. Like, or even at a every, bar. Like, if I'm at a bar and I'm like, man, she looks great. I would love to have a conversation with her. And me and a woman spark up a conversation. She's like, well, before we even talk about it, let me just tell you what my love languages are. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm What's your sign? You are oh, man. Oh, I know Capricorn. Oh, oh, I'm off this. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I know I'm you. I dated three I'm Capricorns sorry, in high school. I'm, oh, my God. Son. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. So That's what I'm saying. That's, that's so what I definitely that's what, think yeah. those are two different things yeah that's that's definitely two different things because if you if you approach a a a dating profile as if like that's the first thing they're telling you in the street that's definitely like not the same thing but also i mean you have every right to say hey this is my red flag that's it like i'm not gonna deal with that that's that's definitely a no for me that's fine on the dating there's there's definitely not a problem with that I, I don't know. On the dating apps, there's a lot of questions you chose to answer and you thought it was important enough for us to know. You didn't wait until we spoke. That is the first thing on your profile. You thought that shit was important. I'm sorry, Lance. I love you. I love you, I'm but sorry. I'm sorry. Son. I'm like... If you thought that son, I'm just being honest. Like that's like if you I go on my dating profile. Just being real, like it, it, that's like you go on my dating profile, and the first thing I put is you. If you don't got double D titties, don't bother, son. That's crazy. <laughs> that's direct, like a month. That I listen. You could put whatever you want up there. You thought double D titties was important enough to put at the beginning of your profile. That says something to me. That's a fact, and and it don't it don't tell me that you looking for. You know, A's or cups. No, D's, no. C's, F's. No, nothing. Only double D's. You know, that's little, crazy. Little titty so, bitches is screwy. Little titty chicks is swiping past. They swipe it. They, they, I mean, they, saying they, only they, one thing is different they, from saying. But that's what they got, Ness. Like, son, I'll say only screen. one thing is different. But that's what I'm saying. On the profile, it will say my love language is. Because a lot of the dating apps have like prompts now where you can answer questions to be like conversation starters. And they will choose that prompt and it will say, my love language is whatever. Like, let's go with yours. My love language is physical touch. You thought that was important to put that. And it was intentional. I forgot to leave that part, which means you're intentional. But you're not saying like, like everybody else need not apply. Like it's just, it's just, this is how I express my love or this is how, uh, this is what I value most in that. That to me, but you want people that's that what do I that too. That means that's also is, is this is what I value higher. But that's also saying that they want people that do that too. Yes and no. Like usually like, it's crazy. Like you, I, I ain't going for it, man. Usually when I, sometimes when sure. I come across people that be like, oh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm already in my mind saying like, mm. <laughs> I, I'm already in my mind, like, cause I've been in, I've been in relationships where they not as affectionate, and I know how I feel in that, and I, don't, why would I put myself in that situation? Like, yeah, my love language is this, and you putting that out there, saying like, yo, this is, this is what I could do. Like, I'm, I'm affectionate as well. Not to say that I don't like receiving, I like, like, love to receive affection, but I'm affectionate as well. So, if I'm, I'm affectionate with the person the person is not as as affectionate with me it's 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 gonna it's gonna become mm. an issue at, at some point you get what i'm saying like 
And, and that's what I'm saying, because think about it. When they put it out, aren't they saying that they want people to be able to give that as well? Like, usually if a person say, yo, I'm my, my love language is affection, they give an affection, but they want to receive affection as well, correct? I assume so. I would assume I so. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's, 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 it's even not knows. to say it's that, I would assume that, so. um, right. You're, you're going to want, you're definitely going to want, you know, a certain thing. Sure. And I don't think it's wrong to express that. I just think that, uh, that may not be the only way. And I feel like if the person is capable of providing that for them, then sure. As long as like, there's an understanding that like, Hey, this I value more, but you know other things I'm open to. But this is what I value more. But on is, a dating is, is app, the way I, don't I see. Know it's you. just, it's just. This ahead, is what sorry, I value. It next James. <laughs> That's the point of the dating app to talk to them and find out more about them. But those things yeah. can stop people from going further. That's what I'm saying. Right. They're like roadblocks. It, it could. And I joke it and could. laugh. I joke and laugh. But it could be. Uh, we, sure. we just gave examples. I say my love languages, all of them, and we just express how. It could be all of them. I say my love language is all of them. On any given day, different things may tickle my fancy. You understand what I'm saying? And like you said, you know, I I, I I may value certain things a lot more. You know, at that particular time, right? You want to have some physical touch, which requires time. Within that physical touch and time, you're giving each other affirmation, and you're doing things of, and then you may be thinking about the person and you want That's to give them I'm a saying. gift at the same time. A lot of things is overlapping and blending and meshing in a blurry way. So it's kind of hard to just go into like, you know, when people say that or declare that on the app, like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? What are you talking about? You know, you get hooked on somebody and they give you a gift <laughs> and you're in love with them. You're going to take that damn gift. You're not just going to be like, I just want time with you. You know, you know what I mean? Um, so that's why I look at it. Like when I think about the whole love language thing, it's, it's all a big blur. It's a big cloudy blur where you have your things that you really touch you mostly, but you're going to go with the other things too when you're in love with somebody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So you're I right. I agree coexist. with you. When, um, I think they but, all uh, coexist. Yeah, but I, I'm sure. Yeah. Like. Everyone has the main thing, your physical touch. I, that's my love language. Great. You know what I mean? I mean, how many people say they just want time? Would you just sit there reading books together? You got a book club going on? I, you know what you doing there? You know? So. Yeah. I mean, what do you do that? Sorry, my bad. They might be shout out to book club people. people no, that's my bad. My bad. I want to bad mouth no book that. club that's people, man. I'm more, sorry. Man. I like books. No, I read man. too. All right? <laughs> hey. Oh, man. Same, all right, my brother. bad. Sorry. I, I, I bring that back. I reel that back in. <laughs> I love that back here. I love book club people. I'm like, I'm like, I do. Should I take a nap or something, Dex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I bring it back. I bring it back. Dex, 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 Dex attack all the librarians. Zim, Dex. Yeah, Dex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I used to. I, I, I remember I used to get scholastic games and all man, that. Sorry, I, 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 I jumped out the window there. It's late, man. It's late. I jumped out the window. I jumped out the window. I love my, my uh, book club people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing all my books out the window, Dex. I'm never reading again. <laughs> 
Anyway, Ness, yeah, Ness Dex yeah, is why. different in a relationship. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like think, on a dating profile, that could be something that that turns you away. That was my only point. Like it turns being real, it turns me away. Like I see that shit. Like there's certain things I say, I'm not gonna say all of them, but mm. in this conversation, mm. like when I see my love languages, I'm already like, ah, here we go with the bullshit. I'm I'm cool. I'm it's guy. nothing like a grounded individual, man. It's nothing like because what I'm supposed individual. to do, Ness, I'm supposed to message. I agree, Days. I agree. What I'm supposed to do, Ness, I'm supposed to now message you and ask you what's your flexibility. <laughs> what else are you open to? That's not a fun way to start start the, the process. It's not. Like, no, I'm not right. I'm not like right. Everybody's gonna have their different approaches, and that's something that's just for you, just a write off. So that's fine. Like I'm not saying you have to. Like yeah. Yeah, I don't think that sounds very fun. Like, it's, it don't sound very fun for me to have to hit you up and now be like, "Oh yeah, so I see that you put words of affirmation." How often do you need words of affirmation? Is that something that's always required? How do you feel about gifts? Like, I, that shit is whack, nigga. Let's talk about some real shit. Like, I'm cool, but yes, I agree. In a relationship, it is very different. Messages. Oh yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could wrap up. I see I see you. But yeah. I just uh I just wanted to respond, Ness, because yes, Ness and Dex, I do understand in a relationship it's very different. I'm only talking yeah, about I, yeah. what repping this thing yeah, that's a trend. publicly. That's a trend. Like, the, the, the even on a, even on Instagram. Yeah. What happened, Dex? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, like yeah, that's what else, I'm saying. Like yeah. everything else. Like everything yeah. else. These, it's just showing me that people do not have a mind of their own to really express what it is that they're feeling. It's funny how people like to talk and express as if they being such an individual, but you could clearly see that it's a it's a herd immunity. You get what I'm saying? It's it's a it's a simulation. Yes, yes, <laughs> a clear a clear simulation, man. But people yeah. will talk like they being so authentic, though. You know, they speak yeah. as if they so authentic. You know. Yeah. Quoting the same rap lyrics, wearing the same clothes. You get what I'm saying? Spitting the same lingo. You know, right. I remember when, you know, being able to express yourself so authentically, it was the thing. It was the thing to do. It was the way for people to really get to know you. Because when you think about it, and I remember, Jay, you were saying something to me in the, in the in the past. We had a conversation about, like, like dealing with people. Remember, you was talking about um, being intoxicated, right? Remember that, mm-hmm. that conversation? And... I still think yeah. about that joint till this day when you was like, yo, but if every time you're around somebody, you know, they, they intoxicated, how do you know when you're really experiencing that person? And that shit was like, yeah. I was like, yo. <laughs> no, because it's in, like, I like, bro, I'm not going to front. I'm the type of person, you give me one thing, I start looking at it in so many different variables. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, even when I'm hanging out with somebody that, I, that, I, that I'm cool with, if you always twist it, you know, at what point am I really ex- experiencing the real you? You always high, you always drunk, you know, you always right. you always horny, you always this, you always something is always on your back, just you feel what I'm saying? Like troubling you, moving you, encouraging you, motivating you. But when when am I really experiencing the true you? Even being tired. A person around you being tired all the time. It's like, damn, so when I'm gonna get you at a hundred percent. You feel what I'm saying? Like, for real. Right. And you really start to think about those things, you know? So, you know, even social media, the, the level of influence by social media with that, that's what makes it so hard to even, like, 
interact with individuals because people have all of these different titles and definitions. And it's like, yo, who are you for you, son? Who are you really are? Do, right. do you even know what that looked like? People be like, be yourself. I'll be like, son, they don't know what it looked like. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure telling somebody to be they self when they don't know what they self look like. You know, right. let alone to know what you know what your love language is and what type of you know love you want to receive. So it's big, man. It's a big responsibility. I agree. Yep, and that's kind of the theme of this whole episode. <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> You know, so that's responsibility work. So thank you, fellas. I think this is a good place to end it. Thank you, fellas, for being here and participating yes. and listeners and watchers. Thank you. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. Share this with a friend. All of that good stuff. And we will be back next month.